The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods Short and Fly Reels and Call and Fly Lines Power Pole Total Boat Control Ketter Fly Apparel From time on the water to you Beast Brushes We stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience So yeah, so then Volts, I said to him, that's why that dude wears a pink shirt in the snow. Crazy, eh? <laughs> Must have big balls on him, eh? <laughs> oh, mate. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Intermediate Line podcast. Uh, here with your host, you know who we're talking about. And if you don't, it's a bit of research. It's not hard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, um, we got a great show lined up tonight. We've got some facts and we've got a great guest on. Uh, but uh, you know, during the intro, like we've got some um, some tips and some tricks to, to highlight for, for the, the listeners. But I want to tell you, I haven't told you this, Vols, but I wanted to share a story about what happened to me. Speaking of t-shirts, mate. Yeah. What? So the other day, I had to go down to the um, to the marketplace center, I guess you could say, or just a little shopping center in my area where there's little woolies and stuff. Anyway, so I had to go down and get some um, printing paper for shipping labels and stuff. And I'm down there and I'm wearing, um, I got I got this shirt off Al, like that shirt with the design of the guys polling a crocodile. By that I mean like <laughs> using a crocodile as a, as a flats boat. Have you seen the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's his new design, yeah. Yeah, so he's just yeah. got a dude on the back with a, with, a, with a pole and a dude fishing off the front like they're using it, like they're on a skiff, but it's a croc. Pretty cool, pretty cool design. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I'm in there and I'm just looking around. I'm just sort of looking at the choices I've got for the paper and stuff, and just sort of look. I might look like I was staring into space. And this dude just sort of just stands in front of me, doesn't say anything. Um, you know, funny. I would I would probably liken him to actually. You know the you know that show he's bounding down. Yep. And do you remember the character played by Don Johnson on that on that show? Oh, hang on. Was that Kenny Powers' um, brother? No, it's his, it's his estranged father. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. when he catches up with him in Mexico, he's, he realizes he's got a, uh, a, a half-brother. Oh, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is it, no, his name's not Dustin. Um, Isn't it? Uh, I, I, can't I, I don't even know what his name But anyway, that dude, that's what he, this dude looked like. You know, he, he looked 
like he probably couldn't spell ox, but he could lift one, you know? And I was a bit... <laughs> was a, <laughs> I was a bit taken back. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he says to me, yeah, that. I'm like, what? Is that. And I'm like, I'm like, is that? I thought to myself, is that is that two words? He's, but that. Anyway, um, he's pointing at the thing on my shirt, and I'm going, oh, it's just a, a mate of mine. He does these designs and stuff. You like it, do you? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, man. And I tried to just walk past him. He's like, what are they doing? And I'm like, oh, they're fishing. I I kind of felt that point where I should explain that it's a drawing, not a photo. You know, but. Uh, Anyway, I went on and um and he goes, yeah, people do that. They stand on crocodiles. I'm like, I'm looking for a camera or something. Like, dude, for real? I'm like, I'm like, I just thought I'd play along. I'm like, yeah, mate. You just chuck it a fillet every now and then, and it just uh, takes you where you want to go. The fish dance. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And um and he just he just turned away. He didn't say goodbye. And just went and started looking through magazines. It was weird, weird as hell. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I left the border yeah. open, eh? Bloody hell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Some, some weird things, mate, that, um, that that have been happening. But, yeah, how about you, mate? It's been going well. I haven't spoken for a while, actually. Just It's interesting that we meet up on the podcast like this. I know. Like, yeah, it's, it's nuts, eh? We, uh, yeah, it's been a while, a couple of weeks since the last chat. Yeah, I, um, funny you should mention that the, the shirt incident. I got um, I got one of those new shirts off Al2, the Perm Hub, and... Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, um, I was uh, I was down the the shopping centre, um, uh, just just doing a bit of shopping, and nothing nothing particular, nothing to worry about. And I've got the Perm Hub shirt on, and this um, this old dear, probably a Victorian, like the one you were talking to. And um, anyway, <laughs> dirty hands, <laughs> <laughs> dirty hands, funny voice. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And uh, she comes up to me, she goes. What's a perm hub? And I'm like looking at it, going, oh, I don't know where. Oh, to sweet old lady, just like interested yeah. in your in what you're doing. You know, just someone to talk to. Probably. I oh, know. Yeah. Probably doesn't I talk to anyone except listen to Jerry Springer, Springer during the day or something. You know. <laughs> Human contact. Looks like John John Law's listener, mate. You know. Oh yeah. And she um, <laughs> she had this. Uh, I mean, she had, she had the the blue rinse hair. Like she had she had oh, yeah? tusky hair, mate. Yeah, like hair like a tusky. Same Edna. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm looking at it going, oh, I, I, I really don't know how to, where to explain, you know, what a perm is, like a permit, you know, and the, and the play on word, words. You, you, you got a couple of angles, don't you? Do you explain what the logo is and it's a it's a ripoff of a logo, or do you explain what a permit is and a hub is? Yeah, <laughs> I I was lost for words, man. I I didn't know where to go with it, so I just left it with this. I said, look, you're just gonna have to Google it. She goes, what do you mean? I said, just <laughs> look it up on uh, on the interwebs. And walked off, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Imagine if she, she didn't couldn't commit it quite to memory, and she uh, she just googled something similar, and then the Pornhub logo came up, and she went there. And next time she sees you, dude, she might be calling the cops. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. In my day, oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All yeah. right, so we've got a good guest on tonight, but we wanted to offer you guys a bit of a treat, and uh, we, we thought, um, you know, what are we going to, what, what can we talk about in this in this episode? So, um, well, we did that via text. We didn't talk about. It. We came up with the idea of um, we've been going back and forth. Although we haven't had a conversation, we've been going back and forth with this with this list. Um, and what we're going to offer you guys tonight is the top ten 
ways to improve your fly fishing. Dun, 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 dun. Charge. I thought you were going to enter in with like a, a second half to that song then for a second. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like the Indiana Jones. Like a, thing, like right? a, oh, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well then, you could be half round then. <laughs> I'll be in. You'll be into you. <laughs> yeah. So, well, hold on, mate. You've just <laughs> talked about Port Perm Hub and. Look, man. You're about the same age as Harrison Ford, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're about the same age as a Model T Ford, mate. You know? Well, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you uh, recognizing the similarities there because I was just about to point out the irony of short round. <laughs> I got in first. <laughs> You're yeah. not Asian either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so yeah. shall we get into this, mate? Before we get before we get the guest on. Yeah, I think so, mate. I'm. Uh, uh, you might want to uh, check your mes- messages, unless you want. Um, you just want to go for all ten. But yeah, go. Um, uh, look, um, I'm getting I'm getting a uh, a message from from the, the key grip here. His name's Keith. <laughs> Keith Have you met key Keith? Grip. He's just across across from you right now. He's just in B Studios here. With um, yep. he's an intern. Say good day, Keith. <laughs> right, right. Keith cool man. From, Keith from Victoria. Yeah. From Kabulcha, mate. Actually, uh, Keith from Kabulcha. <laughs> yeah, Kabulcha Keith, we call him. Yeah, it's uh, Kabulcha Keith, the key grip. Yeah. Cool. cool. Anyway, he's he's uh, doing a good job, but uh, he's pointed out that um, um, I'm going to need to uh, share the list with you, uh, which I haven't done, which yeah. I'm going to send over now, mate. Okay. Cool, man. We um we're in separate sound booths, um, me and Volts, when we uh, when we record this, That's and true. um, it's yeah, true. so we're not we're not looking at each other eye to eye with with in this scenario. Um, so we rely on the, the staff and the helping hands here, some of the interns at the Intermediate Line podcast or AKA B Studios to, you know, fill in the gaps with that communication. Keith's yeah. one of them. Thanks, B Keith. Studios. B <sighs> Studios is, <laughs> B cool, Studios is, is like a labyrinth, mate. It's, it's a long way. We're, we're not physically next to each other. We can't even see each other. We're not Kyle and Jackie O. It's like we do have <laughs> a production t- Team. But if Keys they were, one of us would be yeah. pelted up with a pink shirt on, and we all know who that'd be, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Jackie O. <laughs> um. Oh, shit. All right, cool. It could be. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So have you got the list, Keith? Have you have you sent it over to Vaults? <laughs> okay, man. Cool. Very, very expressive, eh? Yeah. He's a he's a communicator. Yeah, uh, it's uh, you know what his favorite movie is. What is it, Keith? Goonies. Goonies. <laughs> Loves Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Loves Goonies, mate. What's your favorite yeah. sight, se- scene out of Goonies? Why, Willie? Really? What? <laughs> it's right at the end, Keith. We're gonna get moving, mate. Um, yeah. Keith, go get us a singer, mate. Would you? Thanks. Um, <laughs> all right okay mate okay so well, let's let's read these out um um uh one at a time mate. how about you would you want to start with the first one 
Okay, what's the name of the list, mate? The top 10. The top 10 ways to improve your fly fishing. That's right. Okay. Number one. Start Number one. To ignore, start to ignore the rod recommendations on the side of the fly line box. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one, mate. And uh, to expand on that a little bit, um, I guess with what we're talking about is there uh, understand understand grain weights and 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 head design. Uh-huh. That's a very salient point. It yeah. is a it is definitely a way to improve your your fly fishing. I think in this day and age, the 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 quality of rods is pretty high throughout throughout the price ranges and stuff. It really is. Um, I think the the one wobbly that comes into fly fishing nowadays is is definitely the fly line for sure. Um, I find it, I'm in a position where I see it all the time, I guess in a way. And and, and it, I, you don't have to be working in the industry to have people talk about. It. I'm sure you got mates that well, you got mates. Probably could have left that one there, but um, um, <laughs> I'm sure you got a mate who uh, talks about fly lines. <laughs> but um, anyway, you know the thing is like a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, could probably improve it pretty pretty simply like that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Understand how it loads the rod, and um, yeah, total grains, head length, whatever. It's, information's out there, but yeah, just look. Don't yeah, just look past the number on the box. Sometimes you know. Yeah. Sometimes the, what they have on the side of the box is like the rod length, and then they have a uh, um, a suggestion as to its use. For example, ten weight tarpon taper. You know, and yeah. um, and I get people here that go, I want to throw. Eight inch game changes, and I've got a ten weight tarpon taper for my ten weight line, and I and and you know like I try to think of ways I could overcomplicate my explanation as to why that potentially won't be suiting what they're doing, and why there are better lines. And then I find myself going, well, look, let's let's look at the box, dude. Like you know, you're in you're in rural Victoria fishing for cod in winter with a tropical line A, right? It's intended for tarpon. We know where tarpon live. We also know that tarpon. Are generally like the guys that are you know sight fishing for tarpon and, and like uh, yeah, uh, let's let's say arguably um, migratory tarpon. You know that they're chucking like nothing bigger than two o. You know you're throwing an eight inch game changer and they're throwing it as 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 far as they can. Um, yeah, probably probably yeah expecting seventy eighty feet. Um, you know in probably probably calm conditions and you're th- you're throwing an eight inch game changer. 20 feet to a snag you know it's not it's not the same line it's not going to suit you there's a te- it might be a 10 weight for that application but it's not a 10 weight for your application yeah that's very it. very prolific that's right yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> probably the number one was quite proficient wasn't it really yeah <laughs> well explained yes yeah yeah, yeah. number two <laughs> number two number, do you, let the sledgehammers keep one? coming yeah you uh, want me to read it now we'll, we'll alternate. Okay, go. I'll do this one. Number two, learn how to be influenced. There's a, that's a really good one, actually. Because uh, I see I see influences as, as potentially positive, potentially negative. Listen to us. We're, we're talking about alternating uh, positives and negatives. It's very electrical, very photosynthetic. Yeah, yeah but- and we're an equal opportunity employer. We've got Keith here from Kabulcha. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're very open-minded. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but being influenced, you know, I guess that's saying, you know, have a have a good look at the, your information sources, find good ones, um, trust them, and ignore the bad ones. Well, look, um, there's yeah. there's no, another way to look at it. Like in this day and age, and rightfully so, 
A lot of people choose the path of least resistance to learn their fishing based on what they see on social media instead of spending time on the water. I, I know some great fishermen that, that are young fellas that have been growing up through social media and have, have become great anglers just from the information they've received online, right? Um, in Like there's also people that, there's although there's great anglers online, there's also people that are great people anglers, right? And uh, by that I mean there's there's people out there that are that are simply fishing for your attention who have no intention of being on the water or, or, or fishing actually fishing at all. It's um it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trap that one for new players. And I think that's um you know by the time you work out hey I've been you know I've been I've been wasting my time in pursuing that direction when I look at it and something I never noticed in the first place is that fuckwit doesn't even have a fish. That, that he's preaching on about catching you know uh-huh. um yeah it, it's uh i mean i'm sure it's in I'm sure it's in all industries but in this one we just advise to be smarter about how you're influenced be influenced for sure there's nothing wrong with admiring what other people do and learning from what other people do but just be just be smart about it and it will definitely improve your fishing i reckon sure will yeah yeah oh what's number three balls Oh, sorry. You keep, no, please, please keep continue as much as you like with that. I don't mean to cut you off. What were you about to say? No, no I was going to say just just be analytical and you know, with your thinking. It's um, uh, you don't we overuse the term follow the beef, but like if if the guy you're, you're being influenced by, you know, hasn't hasn't got a lot of photos, for example, or you know, has or got, none, or, yeah, or, or you know, might have only started a year or two back. You know, like the sort of um. Just, I'm not saying ignore them or summarily ignore them. Just take, no, take, take don't it. Don't be with friends with them. Yeah, yeah. You'd be friends with them, but just <laughs> don't waste your time. But yeah. based on what they suggest with fishing, because they don't fish. Yeah, they, yeah. They, it mightn't be. It might. It might be good advice. Might be. Might be great. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Might I not got, be bad. You know. Yeah, it, I got a friend of mine in Iceland, who yeah. um who 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 designs and ties these saltwater flats flies. And he admits he's got no idea about it at all. He just copies other people around the world. You know, he just he sees what other people tie and he, he copies it. Someone makes something trendy and stuff like that. And he's just really good at his photos and he's really popular online. I don't want to say who it is. But yeah. um, but the fact of the matter is, and the one thing you can't hide from is the fact that he doesn't catch fish on the flies that he ties or the people that he targets to get followers and likes on social media. It's wild. And I, it just blows me away that people follow him. It blows him away too. He's just a, I don't know. I think he likes hunting for people. Okay. Yeah, don't sure. be the deer in the headlights, people. Be smart about shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> number no, four. No, no, no. Number three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number three. Number it's your turn, Volts. <laughs> number three. Where were you there, <laughs> Keith? <laughs> <laughs> I hate lists. Yeah. <laughs> 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 number three get your shit together with line management very good one that one yeah yep. you know some of the best angles i've ever fished with just never seem to get knots eh? it's funny that mm-hmm. yeah do you th- do you think they're magicians <laughs> no you think they're born not of this world no i think they're just good line managers yeah know? i think they're good line management and uh yeah Little stuff, man. Like, um, like where you strip the line 
onto, like being being purposeful where you strip the line onto, or not walking over your line, or or casting without letting go of the line out of your hand that's not holding the rod, things like that. Yeah, it's a good idea to practice casting like that. I reckon if you're on in the park, don't you reckon? Yeah. So run us through that one, mate. Well, sometimes. Um, Particularly if you're sight fishing, right? And and that's what we, we like to do as fly fishermen. Or, you know, if you might be fishing for something like tuna, and um, which some people might call sight fishing, but I don't, unless it's a single fish on the flats. But um, but if you're casting to a mosh pit of tuna or you're casting, um, sometimes if you're casting even a bass bug at the in the um, in the wee hours of the morning on a, like a glassy little bay, you want to move that fly as soon as it lands, but sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't do that if you let go of the line or you let the line out of your hand that's not holding the rod while you're casting. So yeah. the idea is to, is to you know to haul and then just you know play the circle game with even if there's no one on the boat, you can give yourself a dead arm if you want to. But just let the <laughs> let the let the let the line run through the okay symbol, you know? That's that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, on the shoot he's referring to when you shoot. Yeah, when you're shooting when you're shooting yeah. the line, the line comes up out of the out off the floor or out of stripping yeah. basket through the okay sign in your between your index and your thumb finger and if it's and remember guys if it's lower than your knee you're the one who gets hit or above your shoulder okay oh god i can't can't believe in this day and age people don't play that that rule that's just that's just not cricket (laughs) (laughs) but yeah get get your shit together with line management that's um that's a really good one okay good one. all right number number four stop fearing the wind Yes, this is very, very good advice. You're the best. It's going to be a very, very rare day that you go out and there's no wind, all right? So you're going to have to Correct. learn to deal with it or even make it work for you. Yep. Um, so, that you know, Chris might be referring to casting here, but also boat management, um, even, you know, a boat position uh, on a flat or, you know, in, in a situation. So, um, but yeah, don't stop fearing the wind. It's a fact of life. You're going to have to deal with it and um uh make it work for you hmm. well for whatever that means to you you're right like it's um it could be yeah it could be boats could be could be hair could be your casting you know <laughs> <laughs> you never ever know uh but the fact of the matter is like you pointed out right at the start there if you wait till it stops stops blowing you'll never you'll never go fishing um it's a big part of big part of fishing it's a big part of fly fishing a lot of experience and, and great anglers fish in the wind, all sorts of wind. And I think you find the fish are a lot happier in the wind too sometimes. Yeah. yeah, Can be. Yeah, yeah, they can be. They, they certainly, yeah, they're happier is a good, a good way to describe it. You can get closer yeah. to them, that's for sure. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yep. So if you think you don't cast very far, it's kind of relative, isn't it? You know, you, the, uh, on the windy days, you get cut close to them, but you don't, can't cast as far. Um, you know, the fish always limit out your casting, in my opinion. But, you know, I wonder about that. Bit of a tangent, I suppose, in that respect. You know, like, whether they probably don't limit your casting. It's just that you know you limit your... You're generally trying to get, get the fly out. Of, anyway, I'm gonna not going to do that now. <laughs> Woo! ADD. What a bitch. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Number five. Learn the characteristics of a standalone fly tying material and what it does under the water. Yeah, on my list, it doesn't have the N in under, and uh, you did well to p- push past that one, Volts. Well done. Uh, I was, yeah, I, uh, thank you. Thank you. I, I just assumed you were being prolific there, that's all. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, I was actually being proficient. 
it's um okay yep. yeah and uh yeah anyway so yeah man um i think that's a very important one yeah i don't want to i don't want to do what i do on every other show and, and go deep diving <laughs> on materials <laughs> you do it yeah. no I, I we've had this conversation on and off here you know many times but yeah the information's out there go look at some of our earlier podcasts there's some recent ones there's some lots of recent ones uh but there's lots of information out there or if you want to make chris's life hell just contact him you know <laughs> just, just bring just ring him i know he doesn't list his phone number on the site but give it ring you know contact me i'll give you his number yeah. <laughs> funny you know what mate some years ago if you did that you would have scored a hundred dollars worth of chaos cod flies mate you know <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> see how aggressive some people are anyway um let's go on to number six number six gangsters stay hydrated and caffeinated yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that one's come up um is because you know without noticing it a lot of people will like go to shit in the afternoons and they could really honestly be from lack of hydration or just a lack of caffeine, you know. It's, uh, it's a good idea if you drink coffee or take caffeine to bring an energy drink out or, you know, coffee beans and stick them in your eyeballs or something. But uh, whatever uh -huh. you need to do, you know, do it. Smelling salts. Smelling salts? Yeah. I, I I haven't seen it, but I saw the shorts of the Millhouse podcast and they had smelling salts on the... Um, is that what that was about, was it? I, I haven't seen it yet. What oh, happened? okay. They, I just saw... Um, I think Nicky put something up on his page, like a clip. Where they have, must have smelling salts around the table, and it looks it looks putrid. Uh, but anyway, that's uh yeah Millhouse great show. If you haven't heard them, we've got two podcasts with the Millhouse crew on our show. Because sure do. Um, great people. Because we're better than them, and they, and they and they want to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> you right there, Volts? <laughs> you seven. want to get back up of your chair? Yeah, number seven. Number seven. The properties of the hooks you're using. Oh, good one. Good one. Yeah. 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 That is a good one. Um, so there's a couple of ways you can look at that. Um, shape of the hook. Shape of the hook's a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, learning what the species does. As an example, longer shanked hooks on fish that jump aren't real crash hot because they can lever them out. Um, <laughs> you know, fish, you know, surface flies personally i think are shit with stinger hooks you know um yeah uh and i know that because like a hook like a b10s was the, the the duck's nuts for a long time and since changing it the conversion rate is almost fucking gone three quarters of the way through the the better the better scenario if you know what i mean more than half you know i reckon would be fair enough to say right. um what's another what's another situation there mate uh well, there's uh, hook point design, you know, like some of some of the uh, more expensive brands have pretty fancy designs. Like I was looking at it, uh, oh, no, I'm going to mention names, but um, there's one that's got a spade sort of shape to it. Um, yeah, got, shaped got, like, like an ackeye berry, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got um, like multiple cutting points. So like, <clears throat> and, and that, I'm not picking on that hook, but there's ones with different shaped hooks and barbs that might actually... Um, uh you know in, cause a in problem need, yeah cause a problem or make a bigger hole and more likely to fall out yeah um, those those spade bits or cutting pieces I, I i i totally 
there's no way I'd use them on jumping fish. I just think that the hole that they make to go in, yeah, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, so to speak. You know, it's a good idea. I'm sure that there's species that it works for and stuff, but like again, number seven, learn the properties of the hooks you're using. It's just not one hook to rule them all. You know, yeah, yep. there's just not. You know, uh, I think one of the one of the the common things that people know these days, which is really cool to see, is that diameter is king as far yeah. as hook penetration goes. You know, totally, um, totally you know, agree. I was, was going to point that out. Yeah, hardmouth fish. I'm thinking Saratoga straight away. Yeah, you know, or even the co- the cod dudes. You know, yeah, you know, like it's. Um, I remember having a conversation with. I, know I won't mention this dude's name either because we're very mindful of people's feelings here. Hey Keith, it. <laughs> And um, he's just nodding. Um, and I spoke to him and he was using like these these huge VMC hooks and he was complaining they were bending all the time. And he asked me if I had heavier hooks. I said, man, why don't you use... Oh, look, doesn't matter what it use, what the hook model is. Don't want to make it sound like an ad, but it was it was like half the diameter. He's like, nah, they'll just bend that straight out. I've gone, man, the reason those hooks are bending is 100% because they're resting. They're not penetrating. They're resting on the hook point. And the, the, um, and most hooks will just go to shit if they're levered off the um, hook point, you know? So he gave it a go. What did he have to lose? He was straightening all these hooks, and he was just—he was—he found the the landing, the rate of landing, was was way higher because the hook had penetrated. Yeah, I, I've always talked about barless hooks in particular for fish like toga, and um, and I don't do that for the fish's welfare. Although I do have a healthy respect and love for the fish, and I want to see them looked after, but I do that more so I can set the hook on them. Yeah, and that's a jumping fish, a, a very aerobatic fish, right? Very aromatic, yeah. Yeah, very aromatic and uh, very prolific at um, proficient at being prolific as well in certain areas. Um, but it's it's known for throwing hooks, and I I I maintain that the dudes with trebles and stuff they get their hooks thrown so much more because they got you know more hook points to try and penetrate. And people with barbs they get their hooks thrown way more with with um with toga. I crush the barbs on on all of them before they even get in the boat. You know, yeah, it's 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 the way to go. It is, as the Mandalorian says, this is the way. This is the way. Yeah. Okay. Is it my turn? It is, mate. Number eight. Number eight. Stop fucking trout setting. Ooh, that sounded strong and aggressive, man. Well, that's how you wrote it, man. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't write. I didn't read out. See you next Tuesday after it, though, did I? You know. So I toned it down. Uh, thank uh, you. <laughs> um. Do we really need to? No, just it There's has a, a time and place, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's trout setting for a reason. Yeah. Well, but there's a look. You're you're right. There's a time and place, but there's some species that require it, yeah. right? You know, like um, trout, <laughs> for example. I'm sure you could strip set yeah. trout with with bigger hooks. I've no doubt in my mind. But yeah. I think it's the size of the hook that determines exactly yeah. the way you set the hook, right? Not not the species. That's correct. Yep. Yep. Because tr- you know, trout could actually, you know, with the shape of their mouth and their dentition, they could be a, a savage predator. But uh, well, they are a savage predator, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're, they're incredibly they're, efficient. <clears throat> people are hooked on catching them on little, um, you know, like insects and stuff, and that's cool. That's what that's you know what they're doing. So. Well, it's, it's like, um, sorry, mate, you're right. No, no, go. I was going to say it's like, um, 
uh, I remember being at, at, I was at Christmas Island one year, and and it was the Don who actually introduced me to using size eight SL forty fives at the time, and I was like, that was way small. I'd never used anything that small um, for any fish, in fact, and um, could didn't have a problem getting them to eat it. Had a problem in um, keeping them buttoned up, and yeah. and it was because I kept strip striking. I was just ripping the thing out, and I was having a conversation. We we're having a conversation back at. At the villages there, and um, and old Andos has gone. No, you got to, you got, you can't strip set. You got to lift the rod when they eat it. You know, made it made a huge difference. Um, simply just wasn't enough hook bend to find enough any more purchase than just the skin. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Right. So I'd imagine like if you're if you've been sipping wine all night and you're walking down the river with your elbow patches on and your and your um your Scottish tartan cap, you know, um, and uh, you're using number twenty two dry flies for for trout yeah there's no strip setting with that you would just you just rip it out you could you could probably bury a size 22 hook in your own skin and rip it out you know yeah you could yeah so hey relax on the trout setters <laughs> just don't do it on permit or tuna yeah uh-huh. it's actually pretty effective on uh top water too i reckon um you know like for bass or togo i know you love bass but uh you know how people talk about the time it takes before you set the hook on surface like you're meant to say god uh god bless the queen and then then strike you god know what save I mean? the queen, yeah, yeah is it god save the queen god bless the I, I feel like i've made that mistake on the podcast before at least i'm consistent or i but, made from it made, made from gladstone and say god save the queen <laughs> god bless that dude that's a <laughs> What's that, Keith? You know him. You know him? Yeah. What? Oh, okay, cool. They must be mates. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, mate. Uh, but yeah, no, I had a friend of mine who used to fish with um, fish for bass a lot. Um, and and uh, I used to watch that dude's trout set. Well, I used to hack on him all the time. But God, he, he just about land every fish that ate on top. I'd miss everything <laughs> strip set, no. And... Um, and I had to really concentrate on on lifting the rod. It's such a, as soon as you hear that, see that that crash, it was such an instant reaction to point the rod yep. and, and pull the line, you know. But the, yeah. to wait and then lift the rod, like it every time, it was it was bizarre, you know. Yeah. So it's such a more effective way to catch fish on top water. Okay, I've always just gone with um, it's probably the similar effect. Just wait until I feel weight, and then sort of set. But um, similar, that'd be the same thing for sure. Be- thing yeah but it, you're right though like it just it's so it's it's so energizing when you hear that that boof um you know it's so hard to to not you know yank not waste the opportunity yeah <laughs> that's what it feels like to me like you could be plugging away all morning and like the sun you can see the sun just sticking its head up over the ocean horizon uh, over the tree line and and the sun's starting to hit the water and you're like any opportunity i get i cannot fuck it and you're on a hair trigger you know and it's um so once it hits you just strip striking, fuck, rip the thing out of its mouth. That's, I've done that so, so many times, unfortunately. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, All right. Let's keep going. Number nine. Did you do number, number eight? No, no, it's my turn, mate. Yeah, okay, okay. Stop casting over the middle of the boat. You are going to make a lot more friends if you learn how to fucking back cast. <laughs> 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 true if you care about your mates you won't be casting through the middle of the boat yeah, yeah. 
Yep, exactly. I um, I we should get intermediate line podcast stickers that says no casting through the middle of the boat, yeah, and just right. so people can have it on their boats because it's a it's a it's a polarizing thing. I've done it with people on my boat, and they, they start the cast room. I go, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And they go, what? And the, and the, and I'm like, don't cast through the middle of the boat, man. And they're like, I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I'm sure you do. Do you reckon you could just know what you're doing on the back cast then? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's worth your learning to back cast. You could be standing on the bank one day and the wind could be on the wrong shoulder and you'll have to back cast. So just just why not do it uh, when it's when the situation arises so you don't have to um, pull a hook out of your mate's eye. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd ruin a day, wouldn't it? It's a safety thing. Yeah, it's um, 100% yeah. a safety thing. It's a... Uh, yeah, people can. No one, no one bears hooking someone on purpose. And and as you know, Thumbelina, these things happen, right? <laughs> I'm still mates with that guy. Luckily for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, mate. Here's with number ten. Number ten. Do you want to do the drum roll? Uh, I'm gonna need both hands. Hang on. Oh, you did it, Jeepers. Simple. <laughs> you did <it> simple. <laughs> Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded awful like like a tin cup half full of rum to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, number ten. For Pete's sake, guys, stop putting the bloody rod over your shoulder. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's really the biggest tip we can offer you to improve your fly fishing. Yeah. Yeah. We know you. We know you caught it on fly. There's there's no need to do that. That we also know that there's probably easier and safer ways to hold your rod, right? A nice Correct. rod over the lap looks pretty good, I reckon. Mm-hmm. You know, sure does, sure does. In yep. saying that, I did it. I've done it before, <laughs> and I know that you've done it before too. Yeah, we've got photos. It's good fun. You didn't yeah. stop it because it, it looked kooky, though, did you? You stopped it because there was like a safety issue of like getting caught up in the in the um, in the arbor from your back, right? Is that it's correct? Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Look, you got to be careful, mate. There's a lot of moving parts, and um, no one likes getting the hair caught in anything. Really, <laughs> at the end of the day. You know, that's why cyclists shave their legs. You know, they don't want their leg hairs getting caught in the, um, you know, in the gear. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. It sounds like something they'd say in Gladstone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. All right. What do we got? Who's our guest tonight? What are we talking about? We got Steve from. um, He's Steve is a is a is a battery an Australian battery manufacturer. They uh, they manufacture in in Australia lithium batteries for. Um, mainly marine. Um, I think he does some work with the Red Cross and rem- like remote stations and things like that as well. We might get time to talk about that. I, I don't know. He might not want to talk about that. We haven't planned anything like that. But anyway, essentially what he does, he's, he's got a company called Green Marine uh, and they they are primarily a marine lithium battery manufacturer, Australian, Australian maker of um, lithium batteries now. What Steve doesn't know about lithium batteries will fit on the back of a postage stamp. He's uh, he's quite the authority with it. Um, I've had a bit of a brief conversation with him before in regards to it. I've just um, I just had to up my battery. Uh, I got a 12 volt system now, so I just bought a I just bought a 36 volt 
um, lithium battery for uh, the new power pile move motor that's coming uh, based on Steve's advice, um, which I'm just realizing now we probably should include some of that in the questions because it's, I, I don't want to, it's not about the motor, but more about um, the reason why I chose to go 24 volt over 30, 36 volt over 24 volt. It's very interesting. And that's, um, it's a pretty cool feature. That's, and and um, anyway, I won't, I won't burn that. That's what we're going to be talking to him tonight. We're going to get him on as an industry expert. You know, there's a good chance, and we would encourage Steve to talk about his own business. How could you not? You know, if I was getting interviewed about brushes, I'm sure Beast Brushes would come up in conversation. So, you know, the the main reason to get him on is to talk about the lithium batteries as an industry expert, and to talk about some of the some of the um, the faux pas that are associated with uh, lithium batteries, some of the urban myths. Um, myth. Yeah, yeah, a bit of the history about it, like how long they've been around, and you know. Anyway, all all the questions that that a lot of us have, you don't have to go too far to be talking to someone in regards to lithium batteries. And you always got some dude down the pub who knows someone whose battery, you know, started the bushfires in 2020. You know, it's um, it's just you're going to learn some interesting stuff in regards to things like that, for sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Um. How about we uh we, we get out of this this um highly entertaining intro? Um, hopefully we've improved some people's fishing, and we'll get Steve on, and we'll uh, talk about lithium. Yeah, I don't mean the do antidepressant, is it? Just just the the battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get him on. Right out, right out. All right, welcome back to the show, folks, and we've got with us Steve Wappham from Green Marine Energy. How are you, Steve? Very well, thanks. How are you, Chris? I'm very well, mate. Um, I don't want you to be confused by the, my co-host, Voltsy, in the name. It's got nothing to do with batteries. We both know bugger all compared to what you're about to tell us, mate, so uh, just want to get that done off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Righto. Okay, so... Yeah, look, man, we've got a lot of interest in regards to this. Uh, anywhere we go, we talk to people at, uh, at 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 events, clubs, comps, even at the boat ramp. You know, the uh, the idea of lithium batteries comes up in conversations a lot. I guess we're all staring down the barrel of um, if we've particularly got AGM batteries um, of looking at a new battery and deciding which way to go. And there seems to be a lot of misinformation in regards to it, which we're hoping to get to the bottom of tonight. Um, we've got you on and we introduced you in the intro as, uh, as an industry expert and, uh, to sort of show a bit, throw a bit of light on that, I, I guess, you know, it'd be fair to ask you a little bit about yourself and, um, and what you do. Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll keep it brief, but, um, our, our company first started, uh, was Green Marine Lithium, uh, sorry, Green Marine, uh, Green Energy Limited, sorry, uh, which we're doing a lot of humanitarian work, um, and we still do for the Red Cross in, in the Middle East. Uh, basically, we're trying to uh, empower humanitarians. So there's 65 million refugees in the world and most of them don't have power as well as there's a, an enormous amount of uh, poverty-stricken or energy-poor people. So mm -hmm. that's the sector we're into. Um, and then someone asked us, well, why don't you sell lithium batteries over here in Australia? And, you know, we hadn't really thought too much about it. And uh, we looked at the prices and thought it was ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, we started started to sell, um, you know, uh, lithium batteries at, at, at affordable prices. 
Um, oh, yeah, cool. And off we went. So you're based <coughs> in southeast Queensland? Correct, yes. Yep. And um, I said in the intro as well that uh, you guys manufacture the uh, lithium batteries, right? Is that right? Yeah. We, first of all, when we first started, we, we did like most other people did and, um, you know, ordered pre-made batteries from a catalogue from a factory in China. Um, but we came across a few issues. Uh, you never really know what's inside them, even though you, know, you can visit the factories and, and, and go on the tours and check samples and everything else. Your first shipments are always quite good, but then uh, after a while and sometimes the quality drops and things change, so we, we weren't feeling comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we decided to uh, assemble the batteries here in Australia and sort of make them suit um, Australian conditions because, um, you know, when they make a lot of these pre-made batteries, they make a million of them and, they're you know, they can be used for just sitting in a, a storage area to run an inverter and never move or, you know, 100 kilometres an hour on a boat going over corrugated roads on a trailer, all those sort of things. And there's a, you know, there's a big difference in quality on what type of battery you need. So, yeah, oh, yeah. we start, started assembling around them. We haven't turned back. We're even uh, 3D printing our own cases now uh, for some custom builds too, so... Oh, okay. Oh, so if someone's got like a um, a, a weird shaped space, you can assemble a, a battery to suit like a triangle compartment or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, most batteries come as a standard size, and um, but in every boat, as you guys probably know, and caravan and everything else, there's always different shapes and sizes. Uh, one thing is we, we developed one for golf carts, actually, that... Um, is the size of two batteries and replaces six in a golf cart. Uh, mm -hmm. But you can't get those cases that they don't exist. So we, that's why we started printing our own. But yeah, every now and then we get um, some custom builds where people normally want an enormous amount of pat, pat, battery power in a small space. We're doing one at the moment, actually. A guy wants to uh, be out on the water for seven days. With He's got seven sounders, trolling motor, water purification, all the everything you can think of. And uh, oh. he's, yeah. He's, Was that the ss hummingbird or something he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of gear on this boat um seven sounders man seven sounders that's a lot of power to run for seven days too so uh yeah and but it wasn't a big boat it was only six or seven meter uh boat so there's limited space <laughs> for, for everything but yeah we 3d printed a 36 volt 280 amp hour battery to to run most of his electronics and uh you'll also end up with three 200 amp hour 12 volt cranking as well but and that should give him seven days worth of power wow, wow that's that's wild <laughs> yeah, it's heavy <laughs> yeah how much how how heavy is a um is that well that that um deep cycle system that, that's the biggest one uh yeah that's the heaviest one and the biggest one we've made it weighs about 62 kilos <laughs> could you imagine how much what how many amp hour did you say it was Two two hundred and eighty at thirty six volt. Wow! You'd oh, need you... about you'd need about uh, thirty normal size twelve volt batteries. It's sort of oh equivalent. Yeah. I was going to say if that was AGM, you'd probably need a forklift, right? Well, you'd probably have a second boat behind it just full of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh, that's wild. But, you know, that's where we're heading now. People want a lot of these things. You know, it's not unusual to see a pie warmer on a boat or inverters and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, well, it's um. I mean, and I guess you can now. I mean, oh mate, looking at that sort of amp hour, uh, amp hour sort of rating there, impossible to do with with AGM, which was the the next, the arguably the next best technology, but light years apart at the same time. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, lead-acid batteries have been around for 160 years and haven't changed a hell of a lot, really. I mean, it's just lead content and um, some materials and things like that. Yeah. And obviously, technology has gone a long way in 160 years. So, um, yeah, lithium batteries have sort of stepped right up to the latest technology, you know, and, and now they're starting to integrate with um, marine stuff as well. So that's good. What's the uh, what's the history of uh, lithium marine batteries in Australia? What's what's the um, how's that all come about? Um, as in, how did we start? How did we get into well, this? in your knowledge, like uh, you know, it might have been around before before green energy, uh, which used to be called your saying, or now what you know, green marine now. Um, but uh, I'm just sort of trying to understand how long they've been around for. Um, you know, in the early days, in, in whatever form, like even if, um, because I'm assuming that, you know, we're up to LIFEPO 4 now, that there was 1, 2, and 3, and we're probably going to expect LIFEPO 5 sometime soon. There's been an enormous amount of different chemistries. Uh, <laughs> it, it must be the, the, one of the most heavily invested R&D products in the world, I'd say, ba battery power, you know, cars, laptops, phone, all those sort of things. Yep. Um, and, yeah, there's there's some some claims of everyone's looking for uh lowest cost densest power for the lightest and smaller space that's the that's the ultimate goal mm -hmm. um when you get into mobile phones you go to a lithium ion battery uh which is different to a live po4 mm -hmm. it's a very dense energy uh storage ability but it's unstable gets hot when you charge and discharge so you know that's the sacrifice they've had to make and inside one of those batteries there's lots of um carbon and graphite and 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 product that uh can catch on fire <laughs> i suppose yep. yeah and uh life po4 is lithium phosphate and uh yeah it, it it doesn't catch fire it's a it's not as dense you can't get as much energy in the space um and it's a bit heavier but it's totally s stable like you know it doesn't catch on fire or burn or anything so that's yeah. why we use it in in the marine application but yeah lithium everyone just sort of says lithium and uh, it's, that's quite a quite a broad broad word now yeah no absolutely uh i need to apologize for that bad joke steve that you just uh very nicely <laughs> didn't correct me on um it's been a running joke on the podcast for a while about calling life po one two three and four we know it's lithium phosphate or lithium ion phosphate and that's the the chemical the, the chemical symbols for it but uh um yeah. we're idiots mate you know i can't really put it any other way we uh we're not smart I, I think you got away with it i don't know why you, why you <laughs> well i just I, I i just i don't want people to think that um you know you're feeling sorry for me by not picking right. me up on it you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very humanitarian of Steve to let, you know, just to, to brush over that, you know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of great humans and um, and uh, fire risk, you know, it, it's it's really pleasing to hear that, um, you know, uh, life pose are, um, are uh, you know, it's it sounds like it's almost impossible for them to initiate a fire. Um, but uh, with that in mind, I mean, you know, part of me was hoping that, you know, the spontaneous combustion uh, myth um, was maybe true for for um, for the lithiums in um, in uh, inside jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's surprising. A lot of jet ski guys don't seem to go to the lithium. They, uh, I don't know why, but um, yeah, they're not that popular. But uh, 
maybe their wiring will cause the fire that you're looking for. We uh, could put a heap of Samsung batteries in, in jet skis, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't, I, I, yeah, I, I think that would be a pretty good use of those for sure. Um, so, yeah, like, like Valti was alluding to there, can you, do you want to talk about this? Let's, like, because this is the big thing, right? That people talk about lithium batteries, they associate it with, with, with fire. And from conversations we've had with you, we, we know that um, that's, that's, that's greatly unfair for sure. So um, do, you want to, do you want to talk about that, mate? Do you want to talk about the uh, lithium batteries and the, and the risks associated with fire, if any, or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, I'm a quite a, quite an advocate for, for this, um, or, you know, one part of, part of, it's part of my business, but uh, there's a lot of information. We, we've, we've grown up with with the boat that had nav lights the x battery from the hq holden that was on its last mm -hmm. legs and that's all we had mm -hmm. now we've got boats with multi-voltages computer screens sonar sat nav you name it water purifiers on there and um all of a sudden we need a different power source mm -hmm. what we haven't got our heads around is that um how important wiring is um and wiring is also expensive as well to do in a boat. So, you know, if you want to rewire your boat, you're looking around about, you won't see any change out of three to four thousand, or four to $5,000, I should say, depending on your boat. Wow. And that's not very interesting to get your uh, wiring replaced. Buying a new sounder or a trolling motor, that's pretty awesome. But uh, replacing your wire isn't as much fun. Mm. But it's, it's, it's even more important now that we've got so much value valuable equipment on our boats we've got to protect it mm. so so it, it well getting back to so i understand what you're saying there you, what, what you're basically saying um which i want to dig a bit deeper on is that a lot of the a lot of the uh a lot of the fires could be a, could be a, well are more associated with poor wiring um than anything else and we'll get into wiring a little bit later on but getting back to more about the um the chemistry of of um of lithium lithium iron phosphate batteries and in relation to fire um can you spend on that a little bit yeah absolutely um so uh, like po4 uh, batteries uh, uh can't burn they're non-combustible combustible uh from a recycling point of view they're actually uh environmentally friendly in the sense that uh, they don't break down into a liquid, they break down into a solid. So they're highly rated in the, the recycling side of things. Because, uh, because of the chemistry and the chemicals in a, a live PO4 battery, um, it doesn't get very hot. I suppose heat is the, is the thing that um, causes fire. Um, the chemicals they use in phosphate, uh, things like graphite, graphite and cobalt, they're very flammable um, uh, chemicals uh, phosphate uh, there is there's only about 10 percent lithium in most batteries anyway you may not have known that, oh, wow. um, Didn't know that yeah. no. um, and it, it's non-combustible as well um, so if you look at the samsung that, that's the one we all know about i suppose the samsung phones mm -hmm. um, they sort of said they had some lithium battery is issues I, who knows what the if the chemi chemistry is mixed up but in a phone, you have a life, uh, uh, sorry, lithium-ion battery, which has the cobalt and the graphite and the, and generates a lot of heat when it charges and discharges. What it does, though, is melts anything that's around it. So, if you have um, 
if if you if you have uh, under gauge products or or mismatched devices and you're pumping too much power in them, that's how the the fire starts. Generally speaking, they don't self combust um, just sitting there. It's the only time that there is any issue as far as when power is being put through through the system. Now, in in really in any battery, a lot of the times it's when they when you're charging a battery where you're going to have um, the most issues. Uh, because you're actually pumping power into your your system. When the system's running, if it's designed right and running correctly, there shouldn't be any fires. It it can only ever be through bad design and and mismatch of chemistry, I suppose. Mm, Okay. So, well, that's interesting. So just, uh, I don't mean to be the great recapper, but uh, you said right at the beginning of this, I can't remember the words you used, but you basically said that uh, that they cannot catch on fire. Like they no, they won't. The, the 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 a battery sitting by itself in in the open or in a boat or whatever can't catch on fire. No, no, a, a live and they're PO, not not combustible either. Yeah, a live PO four battery, you can shoot a bullet through it. You can run over it. You can submerge it underwater. You can do all those things, and it'll actually still work. Wow. Yeah. So. So you've also pointed out there's um, like it was a, it was obviously a, a shock to myself and Volts when we heard there was ten percent lithium in in these batteries. Uh, in, in addition to that, I'm sure people would be probably surprised to even hear that there's different types of lithium batteries because the word lithium groups all all lithium batteries. Again, it's hard not to talk about lithium batteries. They're calling them lithium batteries. Um, so it's uh, very interesting, and I think that's one of the things that I was excited for he he talk about on the show tonight because as you know being in the industry i'm sure you would hear a lot more than we do that people talk about that we've got a lot of listener questions that we're going to get through at the end of our our questions and some of them you know are about that you know it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big concern for a lot of people um you hear rumors about insurance companies not yeah. having anything to do with lithium batteries and stuff like that and and i i've, I've always you know when i've when i've spoken to my insurer and so like, like a club marine or something like that they don't care about it. They don't. They insure it. They don't talk about anything like that at all. It's um, you know, have you heard things like that as well? There, look, there's there's a there's a ton of different uh, rumors around the place. I mean, I, I certainly can't speak for every insurance company, um, and they do look for ways to get out of not covering things. But uh, as far as I'm aware, there isn't there is no uh, uh, outlaw of, of lithium batteries in boats or cars or caravans or or anything for that matter. Mm. Um, However, I, I, I uh, it, there is that stigma attached to it. Right. Mm. Well, is there an industry standard? There is not. Well, if there was going to be any sort of reluctance from, from people who are going to back the use of lithium batteries, that's, that's where, the, where the gray area would be, isn't it, really? Because um, like you said earlier, like you were talking about batteries designed to sit there and and rut, sit next to an inverter or the, and there's and then there's batteries that are designed to you know get bashed to pieces on Morton Bay you know it's um, I, I think when you know uh, outboard boat uh, manufacturers for example um, mercury warranty lithium battery lithium starter batteries now for their boats you may not have known that, known that. Um, uh, the likes of Yamaha and Suzuki haven't really yet. Um, and the reason being, I think they there's a difference between a starter battery and a deep cycle battery, and I think it was easier for manufacturers just to say no lithium. 
and then right. but now they've realized being so much pressure from people saying we want we want we want we want mercury have now sort of said okay yes we warranty lithium batteries and even more recently they said it has to be this specification which is great um, because you know power supply your outboard motor doesn't or your trolling motor doesn't know if you've got a lithium battery or, or a lead acid battery as long as it meets the specification of you know maximum minimum voltage maximum minimum current and all those sort of other things that you need you should be able to put any type of battery in so so steve that's great to hear I, I, i'm going to ask some of these questions from a like a, an absolute battery noob point of view um what's the difference between a deep cycle and a cranking style um battery and, and how it would relate to um to you know the advantages of lithium like um you know is, are there different lithiums for each purpose yeah absolutely um the difference is the cell oh there's two differences actually the cell and the battery management system the bms yep. um most cells if you buy a, a lithium cell that's a 100 amp hour cell and it's 3.6 volts and you put four of them together you make a 12 volt battery Yep. Uh, you put a battery management system in there to keep it all balanced and it's got all the things that says you know if i detect a short circuit i'll go into protect mode if, if it gets too hot i'll go into protect mode blah 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 um with however the maximum discharge out of a standard cell is normally one time they call it one c is one time its capacity so a 100 amp hour cell has a maximum of 100 amps output it can produce right when you have a cranking battery, uh, you need a lot of current quickly in a short burst to turn over a motor. So, for example, our um, 100 amp hour lithium starter battery, cranking battery, has uh, 1000 CCA. Yep. So that it stands for cold cranking amps and there's a bit of a formula of temperature and blah, blah, blah. So but basically it needs to put out about four to 500 amps to start up a boat. You won't get a deep cycle battery to put that amount of current out to start a boat. So we've got these lithium deep cycle batteries over here, and then we've got not they're quite new, the lithium cranking batteries uh, on the other side. And if you tried to use a lithium deep cycle to start your outboard, it wouldn't work. Right. Because it hasn't got the output it needs. Gotcha. Gotcha. I understand what you're saying now. So it's about the the CCA, the the, the cranking, cold cranking hours. Yeah, the, the cold cranking amps. Yeah, yeah. Amp, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold, yeah, with the uh, amp hours mixed up there. So, um, excellent. All right, cool. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty interesting. So, you started to touch on the anatomy of um of a, of a lithium battery, and we spoke a little bit earlier on about the the manufacturing process, but um, but to to sort of uh, be more direct in regards to it, you, you are are all lithium batteries made up of 3.6 volt cells and a, and a bms no 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 there's a there's a couple of different ways you can make um a deep cycle lithium battery um and, and i'll sort of go through this a little bit just to sort of say what i recommend and what what i don't recommend mm. now the, the the first variance you have is the actual shape of the lithium cell um you you get a prismatic or prism cell you might have heard that's like a rectangular shape cell yep. versus a cylindrical uh, cell. Now, you can have live PO4 cylindrical and um, prism cells. However, the cylindrical is like a AAA battery. And on each end, there's a, there's a negative and a positive. And they'll have about, in a 12-volt, 100-amp-hour battery, for example, you could have up to 50 or 60 of them inside a battery 
case. Okay. Now, the problem with those ones is it's very hard to contain a round object in a square square bucket, so yeah. to speak. So, uh, and you want to reduce movement because if batteries move and wires come apart, that's when you have have issues. So we stay away from cylindrical cells for the very reason it's very difficult to keep them in a secure, non-moving um, compartment inside a battery case. And that's what you need in the marine industry and all the other trail bed industries and things like that. Mm. The other thing is how you connect your wires to that cell. Now, the large factories that sort of um, push um, lower cost batteries, uh, all those uh, batteries are made in a factory and they have robotic soldering irons that zip zap all the connections together and they put it in the, the case. Now, the problem with solder is uh, it's made up of lead and a whole heap of other uh, chemicals. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, chemicals. Tin. Yeah, no, tin no, and all sorts of stuff. Yep. Um, your terminals on your battery are uh, aluminium, so it's very difficult to get a really good connection. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and then that. when things move and vibrate, solder's got no flex in it. So what happens in a lot of those batteries, you'll see a, a low-cost lithium battery that's got 12 months warranty. More than likely, it's got round cells soldered together in there. Um, it, look, it'll work well if it's sitting beside an inverter and it never moves, but if it's in an, a, a vehicle and it's, it's subject to vibration impact and all those sort of things, it's a reason it's got 12 months uh, warranty is because more than likely one of those wires will come loose. Now, as soon as one of those wires comes loose, it's, it's not a catastrophe. It just means your battery won't work. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And what, yeah. what do those people rely on then? Just a warranty or, you know, we'll replace it type promise or something like that? It's just There's no user... In, in, opening up and using it, opening it up and yeah, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. It's because it's made in China. You'd have to send it all the way back to China for them to do it, and um, you know, just the cost in that alone would probably be outweigh the uh, <laughs> the cost you paid for the battery. Yeah, uh, not to mention the inconvenience. I mean, none of us get to fish as much as we like. No, you know, that's true. if if you're without your battery for you know two months, three months, whatever, chasing your warranty, then you know, like. Murphy's law has it that'll be when the best best weather's on or or you know that that fish that you love chasing's in season so yeah. look yeah. It, i've i've been working uh in china for oh, no, over a decade now and even i still have troubles getting warranty out of china it's that they just yeah. don't do it um what a lot of companies will do will just they'll factor in um a um, breakdown level and they'll add that into the cost of the product so if they did ten percent of them break down well it's already covered in the total cost or something like that but just, yeah. just like um just like uh, uh cheap builders yeah you know? yeah absolutely but, uh, yeah yeah that's interesting mate it's um you it's certainly really you certainly don't get you don't get if you buy a cheap lithium you you really need to under, understand that it's not set up for lots of movement, so mm. buy accordingly. Yeah, right. Okay. So, is it? Um, I mean, you you look at um, expensive electrical equipment. They they remove the solder as well, like in in favour for crimping and and and. Um, oh, look, I might be butchering it, but I, I see it. You know, let's say let's say three D printers and stuff like uh, connections to motherboards. They're not tin connections. They're they're crimped as well. It's yeah. um, for, look, for the same reason. A lot of yeah. vibration in those as well. Absolutely. I mean, all circuitries in your computers and everything else, it's, it's the, they print those circuit boards now, so they're in a big, you know, like a um, 
insulated plastic thing and it's green and it's got little dot points and everything else it's all printed it's not yeah it's not the piece of wire and solder anymore because it's one it's very unreliable but two it's hard to get right too i don't know if you guys have ever soldered but um yeah i've done it a bit yeah it's it's, it's tricky not, yeah yeah particularly for small items like that that's for sure but um yeah no absolutely mate. it's all ferals ferals rather than um than, than um crimp terminals i guess you could say but um still anyway it makes it makes it makes it a lot smarter that's for sure. Yeah, so tr try to stay away from the cylindrical cells if you're going to put it in a moving object. Mm. Um, the next next thing to consider if you're in the marine environment, we recommend that the battery is at least IP67 waterproof. Uh -huh. Now, the, the problem if you don't have a waterproof battery, um, when you charge and discharge, the cells expand and contract, and you know the cells are aluminium, um, the case is a plastic, and they expand and contract at different rates. So what ends up happening is uh, moisture gets in. Um, if it's very hot inside your battery and, and there's airflow, it's going to suck in damp, cool moisture from outside. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm. So the first thing you want to do is make sure your battery is IP rated uh, 67. We go another level further ourselves that our battery management system is waterproof as well. So if water got in, it still wouldn't affect the battery management system but a lot of the lower cost batteries will just have open circuit boards um and as soon as a bit of moisture or dust uh, uh lands on them because they'll be the hottest part of the battery mm. dry out rust corrosion yeah well wow. the other thing is i suppose particularly in boats just like fuel tanks it's uh it's condensation as well not so much not so much water ingress from the outside but water building up on the inside as well if you're talking about a um uh a low ip rated a circuit board being for the BMS, you know, it wouldn't. I guess it wouldn't be unusual to expect the um, it's a it's a deteriorate from the inside out, right? Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. I mean, um, we get sent a few people's batteries that you know they're outside their twelve month warranty, and you know they've paid decent money for it, and you kind of feel sorry for them when we 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 repair them, but uh, for them sometimes, um, when we open it up nine times out of ten it's a piece of solder and wire that's come off a term off a, off a battery terminal or the battery management system's got corrosion all over it and it's just started to fry yeah if okay. the cells are okay we 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 will um pull the cells out put our own battery management system get it all charged up seal it all up for them and send it back um, we don't want to do that for a living so <laughs> please yeah. don't sending me your uh <laughs> yeah, you busted lithium batteries there's only so much we can do but yeah it, it, it's about getting the, the right components inside the battery for the right application in, right. in regards to that there couldn't be too many I, i'd imagine there couldn't be too many batteries even now given how long they've been around that have consumed their lifespan oh, i guess there probably would be right but maybe not so much in the marine environment it, we, we wouldn't use them as much as like an industrial application i'd imagine but uh um you know, I guess it leads me on to sort of talking about the advantages, like even like even when it comes to the cycles compared to lead acid or you know even absorbed glass mat. You know, it's um which is the same thing, I suppose. But uh, there's got to be some some big massive advantages aside from the huge weight difference, right? Yeah, I mean, a lead acid battery uh, generally lasts between three to five hundred cycles. Now, a cycle is a charge and a discharge. Now, the, another term I use is, is DO, uh, uh, depth of discharge, DOD, um, and they'll put a percentage beside it. Um, so if you flatten a battery every time and then recharge it fully every time, you'll have a shorter life, whether it's lead acid or lithium uh, batteries. 
the difference with uh, lithium and, and lead acid batteries, as you every time you charge and discharge a lead acid battery, it one it obviously life gets shorter, but the capacity of the battery gets shorter every single time. So by about three to five thousand cycles, that battery is at forty percent of its original capacity. Wow. <clears throat> So, and that's when you notice it doesn't last very long or it doesn't start or, or, you know, all those sort of things. A lithium battery, however, it maintains its capacity to three to 5,000 cycles. So the day day one when you buy it to, you know, day 5,000 or, or charge 5,000, it should have exactly the same capacity it had since new. After that, it'll drop down to about 80% and, you know, go on from there. But you know, 5,000 cycles, or let's use the lower one, 3,000 cycles, that's 10 years if you use it every day, you flatten it every day and charge it up every day. Wow. That's <laughs> amazing. When you say flatten, you mean, you mean just all the way? like to Zero. Some... Yeah, below, below 20%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Sorry, Vols, I didn't mean to cut you off then, mate. Yeah, no, I was just, I was aghast that, um, that, you know, you can get such a, you know, that's a lot of cycles, right? And it's got to be... It's got to be far more better, you know, beneficial for the environment. Obviously, this is nothing new to, to Steve. I just want to reiterate the point, you know, to, to listeners that so much greener to have a, a lithium uh, life battery. Like, it's, it's such a better outcome all around, right? Yeah, and, and even, um, you know, places like China use a lot of live PO4 batteries to run their buses. And right. um, obviously, they use, use them every day and put multiple shifts who knows but what they've actually been doing now and they've been entering the market is they've been selling off their batteries when they reach 3000 cycles selling yep. off their cells and people have been turning them into a deep cycle batteries um oh, wow. yeah i mean it's a real big hit and miss you don't want to be happy getting a whole bunch of cells one's 80 percent of its life 172 and everything like they'd want to be really cheap <laughs> I tell you. oh this is this this is pretty interesting and in, like i wonder if there is a a, a legal term or a threshold that they could still say new batteries or if it's been refurbished in a way they could still legally call it new you know is yeah, that I don't, I don't think they disclose the fact it's recycled to be honest <laughs> i think no, no well they wouldn't if they could say they could market it as new and be you know stupidly cheap like you know it's um mm. yeah you, you got to kind of wonder like i can't i really cannot think of another example on top of my head but there is terminology used in other industries, you know, that um, that would paint a better picture than what they are because they're, uh, 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 like, for whether it's legally or, or what have, or industry standard, to still call something new that's that's had some use or a certain amount of, um, you know, getting like some sort mm. of, some level of degradate, de degradate, God damn it, <laughs> been a big day. Yeah. Some level of deterioration, I should say, of um, that that um, that's still an acceptable amount to, to label it as new, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I wonder, I wonder. But like you said earlier on this podcast, there's no industry standard um with with this, so it's a little bit of a wild west, I suppose, right? With with um, as far as not so much with the like you said, the chemistry of the battery it won't 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 catch on fire, but the construction with the solder, the 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 IP rating uh, of the battery, and uh, and obviously the the origin of the cells, I suppose, if people are you know stripping them down and making them deep cycle batteries as well. Yeah, there, there, sadly, there's no there's no legislation uh, or standard for DC uh, electronics wiring across Australia. There is in America; uh, they have some uh, some standards for boat wiring. Um, however, they still have issues. They're not as tight as what they should be. But yeah, sadly, and I think it's only going to be a matter of time because 
you know, in a golf cart now, you've got 48 volts. We've we've fitted 48 volt batteries to electric mowers and all sorts of things. That's a lot of power. Um, yeah. You know, when when you get zapped by that, you certainly feel it. So, uh, I think sooner or later they'll get some control. I think they can only be good for the for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's touch on some of the the wiring aspect because you mentioned earlier when we talked about the fires, your first reaction was to talk about wiring, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I just see it so much. Um, the, the, to be perfectly honest, the wiring standard in Australia is pretty pretty poor, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean the brand new boat you buy from a from a dealer is going to be the perfect wiring. I've seen some pretty pretty bad wiring coming out out from dealers as well. But people, lithium, I suppose, is a little bit different to the lead acid batteries because it can provide high voltage and high current for a long period of time. Um, <clears throat> you need to have the the correct correct wiring. So, for example, uh, one of the mistakes I see lots of people uh, make, I probably, probably did it myself in the younger years, is you have your battery there, terminals there, and you think, I'm going to put some LED lights on or I'm going to put a USB charger or something. It's only five volts, it's low voltage, no problem. I've got little skinny wires it comes with. I'll screw them straight onto the battery terminal, everything will be okay. The problem is with that battery terminal, you're sharing it with a lots of other power in and out. Now, most Wi-Fi's will start uh, when you're charging your battery. Uh, and the reason that is, is you're in now lithium, you're putting in large amounts of current. So you're putting 20 amps, charging your battery up nice and fast. If you've got a, a LED 5 volt wire that's got a rating of one amp or less, it's not going to handle 12 volts at 20 amp for very long. Mm -hmm. So when what happens if when your charge is like a great big pump and it just keeps on pumping power in, and if it doesn't feel any resistance, it just keeps on pumping power in. A lithium battery, when it's full, it'll turn off. It'll say, right, we've each one cell's hit, hit its maximum, so we're going to shut down charging. If you've got a red-hot melted wire that, or, or getting hot wire on your battery terminal and your battery shuts down, 20 amps goes directly into that little skinny wire. And what happens is all the insulation melts off it until it gets so hot that it falls apart. Well, and yeah. In a boat, every boat has fuel vapour in the hull. It's almost unavoidable. Um, you, you may or may not know fuel vapour is, is heavier than air. So when you're filling up your fuel tank and you see all that vapoury stuff come out the nozzle, what that is is fuel vapour, and often it, it'll sink straight down. So sometimes it'll sink down into the hull of your boat, sometimes it'll sink outside. When a fuel tank uh, expands and contracts with outside temperatures, there's a vent in your fuel cap, it pumps out the fuel vapour and it can land in your carpet, your aluminium, whatever. And if you if you ever see a guy, an aluminium boat builder, he's got burnt legs, so that's why they don't like to, to weld inside of uh, old boats <laughs> because of all that fuel vapour that's lodged in there. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a dangerous combination at the moment. And, um, you know, if you look, at a, you look at a house, we've got standards of we all have circuit breakers and fuses and it's all properly wired with the correct weight gauge wire. Um, in a house, you're not moving at 100 kilometres an hour. You haven't got a whole heap surrounded by fuel vapour. You haven't got multi-voltages. You're not driving it down a corrugated road. Um, it, in, in some cases now, look, with power poles are a good example. You've got pressurised hydraulic fluid, which is um, highly flammable as well. It's, mm. a bit of a, it's a bit of a dangerous place if you haven't got it right. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the fear of a boat catching on fire is... 
is very, very real. I don't know why people don't take it more seriously. You see some super sketchy stuff. That's for sure. I, I, I'm still amazed by some of the things that I that I see. But um, there's a couple of things you can do that will minimise your danger by about 90%. Yep. The first thing to do and to always do, whether it's a lead-acid battery or a lithium battery, is you isolate your battery when you're charging it. Now, the reason you do that is when the battery charge is pumping in a whole heap of current, if nothing else is connected to the battery, no, those wires can't burn, so you, you eliminate. Now, how do you isolate? I always recommend a um, circuit breaker switch. Hopefully, you've all got them on your boat. That's a little thing, and you press it, and it goes click. What a, what a uh, circuit breaker is, it's, it's a, they call it a thermal circuit breaker. It detects the temperature in the wires. So if, if, if it knows there's 50 amps coming through, they'll know what temperature that is. It'll hit a switch and, and, and cut off supply if it's a 50 amp breaker for example if you just do that simple one thing isolate your batteries when you charge you dramatically reduce your wi-fi risk probably by 90 percent wow oh wow okay yep. even if you've got bad dodgy wiring everywhere else yeah you're gonna save a lot of time and 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 risk by just isolating them when you charge because that's a dangerous time for wires you can't push it they're a bit like a hose pipe you know, you can't connect a Nilex garden hose to a fire truck and expect it to uh, handle it. Uh, it's, mm. it's no different to trying to pump 50 amps into a 5-amp wire. It's not going to handle it. Oh, I think if this day and age, if people don't have a 50-amp breaker on their on their, on their their boat when they run their trolling motor, they need to, yeah, they need to sort that out quick smart. Get on to, get on to Troy for min repairs. He's, he's got them. It's, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's very common. So I always, we were always banging on about it. Um, you know, go and check your boats. You know, if you haven't got a circuit breaker, get one fitted, get the right one fitted. Don't Google it. Don't use your mate who's a tiler or something or other. Just <laughs> make it to a professional and get it done properly. Definitely no one from wet trades. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> so, and even look, even even electricians, and you know, people have said, "Oh, my mates have got electrician in the mines or something." AC power and DC power are different um, because there is no standards. There's nowhere to refer back to how to do things. Um, when you're in a sort of mining environment, there's manuals and diagnostics and everything else. You just replace things. It's pretty easy. Mm. With boats, there is no real um, manual or standard to work on, so uh, it makes it very difficult to find out how to do it properly. Mm. Mm. Um, Vols, did you have a question about charging? Did you say? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Um, so, Steve, when I got uh, when I got my first uh, lithium battery, there was a there was a bit of chat around having a dedicated lithium charger versus a regular battery charger. Um, can you s separate fact from fiction there for us? Yeah, look, uh, I think in the in the very early days where they were using some unstable um, lithium, they liked to uh, control it by using their dedicated charger. I, sp I suppose the phone's another good example. I mean, you, you can't plug your Samsung charger into your Apple iPhone, apart from the slot being different shape or whatever it is, it's not matched up to it. So that's that's why they do it. That's why laptops and phones and everything else come with your own charger. So they, and what happens in a lot of those cases is the battery management system is actually controlled in the charger, because they don't want that inside the mobile phone. They put it in the charger to man manage charging. But when you're coming to a deep cycle battery, you don't know what it's going to be connected to. So the um, the chargers are basic 
pump that just pumps things in and the battery management system manages the charge, how much current's coming in, what the temperature is and everything else. Did that answer your question? Or oh, no, I think your question was um, the difference between um, specialised charges. Yeah. yeah right. So now um, any battery charger, as long as it's the right voltage, like 12-volt charger for a 12-volt battery, can charge a lithium battery. The difference is a lead-acid battery only goes to about 13.5 volts. So when it reaches 13.5 volts, it stops, because in a lead-acid battery, there's no BMS. A lithium battery needs about 14.6 volts to fully charge it. So whilst you can use a lead-acid battery on a lithium uh, battery, it won't fully charge it. Now, one, of the, one of the things they have now are smart charges, um, now, what smart charges were designed to do for lead-acid batteries, they can only take about five amps an hour. So you have to charge them slowly. If they yep. get too hot, that's when everything goes wrong. So a five or seven-stage charge, it basically means it might pump in a whole heap of current, seven amps to start with, and then 10 minutes might go, it drops down to two or three, lets the battery cool down. Then it might jump back up to seven and blah, blah, blah. And that's the, the seven stages. Lithium can take 100 amps and it can take it from the moment you connect it to the time it's finished. Most charges slowly ramp up and then slowly ramp down, but that's that's the difference. It's it's the amount of current that they can handle. That's very interesting. That's really good to know. Yeah. yeah so be careful with your charges. You can you need to really read the instructions. That some charges have float and cycles, and they don't actually get up high enough to charge the battery so you think you might have your battery on charge but it's just sitting there not on charge so yep. it, yeah it, 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 you don't need it but the reason they say that is because lithium charges have higher voltage gotcha okay. gotcha um, um mate let me ask you about um having lithium agm on the, in the same network yeah look that's that can be a bit tricky because of that voltage difference um if you connected a, a 12 volt uh, deep cycle lithium to a 12 volt deep cycle lead acid the lead acid will get charged to 13 and a half volts and it has a standing voltage of about 12 and a half when it's new a lithium can get charged up to 15.4 volts um, and has a standing voltage of 13.2 so when you put them both both together and, and this is where it goes wrong with dc to dc charges dc to dc charges determine what battery gets power based on the voltage level so it'll always determine that the lead acid battery is flatter than lithium is full. Now, because um, lithium maintains the 13.5 volts till it's about 90% empty before it starts to drop away, it can have 10% left in, in the battery. Still, It's still reading 13.5 volts or something or other, and your lead acid battery you've had for a couple of years is sitting around about 12. The DC charger will just keep on putting the power into the lead acid battery to try to keep it charged. So uh, that's that's why it's not great to have them both on the same network. There is some good charging systems out there now that are sort of managing that. But I always recommend people if they're going to go lithium, go full lithium, or or just stay with full lead acid because um, you, you can't really mix them very well successfully. You find yourself um, caught out with a flat battery more often than not. I mean, people don't actually realise that the some of the voltage. Um, VSR switches, uh, you can turn your battery switch to one battery, 
But if it's got an inbuilt VSR and it detects that your other battery is low, it'll switch power to the other battery. And if you've ever had one of those switches and you find it, hang on a second, I've got two flat batteries out of that happen, it's because it's switched behind the scenes, you didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, stay away from VSRs if you can and um, only mix lithium and lead acid on there if you can control the charging. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, excuse my ignorance, mate. D- DC DC charge you're talking about from the engine, is that right? Engine, yeah. So from the alternator yep. to the uh, to the to the battery in 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 DC current, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I think we've got a listener question about that. We will touch on that again when we get we get up to it for sure. Um, I heard uh, along the grapevine uh, people talking about trying to get uh, increased voltage from like to thirty six volts from a twelve volt via an inverter. Yes. There's, um, you know, now most um, sounders and uh, can, can be up to 30 volts. Um, trolling motors are all pretty much 24 to 36 volts now, um, which doesn't leave a lot of uh, use for a 12, big 12-volt 12 system. You, you can convert power a uh, voltage up and down. So you can convert 12 volts to 36 volts and then vice versa using it. They call it a DC to DC converter. The problem with uh converting 12 volts to say 36 volts is there's only so much you can do. Um, the maximum that you should probably do is about 36 volt, <clears throat> excuse me, 50 amps. 36 volt at 50 amps is actually 12 volts at 150 amps. Now 150 amps at 12 volts is a lot of current. That's, that's very hot, you need big solid wires. Sadly, most 36 volt trolling motors need at least 60 amps of of current to to hit their maximum speed so converting 12 volt to 36 volt i mean it works but it probably only gives you 80 percent of the power that's available in that that device right and it's a bit of a cheeky way to do it really i guess you could say but uh but i guess if you were in a remote location and i don't know what the situation would call for that you're saying it's possible but it's, it's um certainly not ideal no, and look, you can't really, you, you shouldn't be able to, I should say, um, link three 12-volt lithium batteries together to make 36-volt. And the and the reason being is the battery management system in a 12-volt battery says I'm a 12-volt battery. So if you were to take 36 volts out of that battery, it should go into protect mode. Now, there is a few batteries on the market that claim that you can connect them in, in series, what they've done is just uh, uh, taken away the safety restrictions of maximum minimum voltage to allow it to happen. That's it's right. sketchy. It's big time sketchy. The other the other thing is too that uh, your first battery will go flat the quickest, and when one battery goes flat, it'll shut the whole system down. So the other two 12 volt batteries you might have connected in series might still have 40 percent or 30 percent left in them. The downside again is then that first battery is the first one to get fully charged again. So going through cycles, the front battery will wear out mm. quicker. Right. The second battery or the, the last battery will wear out second and the middle battery won't. So whilst you think, oh, great, I've got three 12-volt 100-amp-hour batteries I've connected in series to make 36 and I've got 36 of 100-amp-hours, that's terrific. Reality is you'll probably only use about 70% of that because as soon as the first battery goes flat, it shuts the whole system. They don't talk to each other. So oh, yeah. so if you were going to do that, technically the difference between the cells in a, in a, in a single unit is the BMS. Uh, and hypothetically, which I, I'm sure you can't do this, but 
you would need a, a BMS to manage all three batteries, right? That's, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Which gotcha. doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And if you're no. pulling, you know, if you're pulling 150 amps out of one battery, that's a lot of current to transfer to another battery to balance out. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. What's the point of it? It's, if you need 36 volt, use a 36 volt battery that's got 36 volts of cells and a 36 volt BMS. And I don't know why anyone wouldn't. I mean, the, the, the setup, the cost of, of doing the 12, 12, uh, sorry, three 12 volt batteries and somehow sourcing a, a BMS to, um, to, to, to manage that, those three batteries. <clears throat> what, that's a lot of wiring. It's a lot of shit that can go wrong. And it's probably more expensive than just getting the 36 volt battery. I'd imagine. Yeah, that is, that's, that's exactly right. It's actually lithium is quite affordable up into the, the bigger sizes. It, you know, sometimes it's actually cheaper than lead acid batteries. If you look at them in, as, as usable power available. So, um, mm. Yeah, it, they're on the market, so you know, just just understand that, and uh, just understand that it's limiting on how much it can turn into thirty six volt. That's uh, yeah, that's an interesting point when you talk about the mathematics of the whole thing. I, I can remember that being one of the very very early selling points of, of lithium. People saying, "Look, you know, I mean, when they first came out, they were more expensive than what they are now." I think that's pretty fair to say, right? Mm. Yeah. They're horrendous. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yeah, but people were saying along the lines of like, you know, you'll go through what four AGMs in in comparison to this one battery. So I mean, the cost of that works out. I think even like with the cost of um, electricity to charge now, like you can charge a battery much quicker as well, can't you? With um, because you, which you've just explained, but uh, but the time difference it takes to charge an AGM. Sometimes you sit them overnight and they don't charge up. Depending like on a say a ten amp charger or something like that. Um, which is pretty common with a 12 volt. Uh, well, uh, that's probably not fair to say either, but um, 10 to what, 20. Anyway, they're what, a lot faster to charge, aren't they? Really? Yeah. What a lot yeah. of people don't also understand about lead acid batteries is you can only really use half of the power that's inside it. When a lead acid battery discharges, it drops in voltage. So that means the current needs to go up to provide the watts to run the appliance. Yeah. When the voltage of a uh, lead acid battery gets too low, it's still got 50% capacity or 40% capacity in it, but there's not enough watts to drive your appliance. Mm. So so for a trolling motor, for example, a 36-volt trolling motor will need about 2,000 uh, watts of um, power. That's 36 volts times about 60 amps. If, you're, if you've got three 12-volt batteries that are all sitting on 10 or 11 uh, volts it just shuts down it just can't convert enough power to, to run the device so mm -hmm. and then you'll often hear people say if, you know if you've got a 12 volt lead acid battery you only need a 12 volt 50 amp lithium battery that's kind of correct with the lithium battery you can empty the whole damn thing what down to zero no problem whatsoever won't do it any damage and you'll use all the 100 amps that's available for in the battery yeah you know, that's okay. the battery you'll only use 50 to when it's brand new, you'll probably get 60% of it. Obviously, when it's quite old, you're going to get much less. Well, that's interesting because, uh, okay, because I wanted to steer the conversation towards trolling motors right now, and um, and I wanted to compare. You just said earlier that, like, a lot of – and that's right, a lot of trolling motors and, and electronics in, in both the stuff are going to 24 and 36 volt um, as opposed to 12 volt, particularly some of the new motors but with that, are, that are coming out. Um what are some of the advantages of um, of going that high voltage for trolling motors? Why are they doing that? Well, um, because these motors are getting more and more powerful, uh, they, they're, they're larger in, in wattage. 
Um, so, same, exactly the same as a um, inverter you might put in your caravan or your camper. 12 volt, you shouldn't be pulling any more than 100, 150 amps out of a, in a battery because th after that, you need really big cables. There's a lot of temperature and everything else. So if you've got a, a new trolling motor, uh, a brushless trolling motor like the power pole there, it's probably pushing out 2,000 watts. If it's they understand it runs better if that motor is kept cooler. So the way you keep uh, electrical components cooler is you reduce the current. So to run in a 12 volt to make 2000 watts on, hopefully no one checks my calculations here. I'm just hypothetical. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 12 volts at 100 amps. That's that's 12. Uh, that's 1200 watts of power. If you if you've got a device that needs uh, 2000 uh, watts. That means you need to bring 200 amps out of that. But if you have it in a 24 volt, you only have to put 100 amp out. And okay. the less current, the less heat, the longer things last. Right. Okay. Okay. Because I'm noticing, like with the new power pole motor, as an example, uh, even the power you get from the different voltage. I think um, I think it's an 80 pound uh, thrust rated motor at 24 volt, and it's a 100 pound thrust rated at 36 volt. That's correct. Yeah. So. It, the, a lot of trolling motors now you can run off either 24 or 36. The difference in the use of the trolling motor is when you run it at 24, it'll only reach um, probably 75% of its full capacity. Right. When you run it at 36%, uh, 36 volt, it'll hit 100% of its thrust capacity because mm. you're providing more power to the motor. So let's talk about um, an example that 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 you know well we all know about that to share with the listeners um it's not so it's a pretty pretty measured experiment so to speak but i've just got from you guys um a 36 volt 50 amp hour uh battery to run the new power pile move now that's uh i think going off your website you correct me if i'm wrong that's that's only 16 kilos or something right that's a, it's pretty light for, yeah, for that size battery pretty light it's a standard size like an n70 size battery so it'll fit in all those battery boxes and that, that generally people use we're, we're hoping i mean we haven't seen in the power pole yet so we haven't really tested any of that or troy hasn't tested any of that yet but um we're hoping a 36 volt 50 amp battery will get about 15 to 18 hours of trolling time yeah that's that's wild i i, I fish some um, electric only lakes and even when I fish that all day, I, don't, I really don't think you, you're going to get more than three hours runtime out of that. Really, I mean, there's going to be, there's probably going to be some um, spot locking and things like that that goes on, but that's 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 three days. That's that's an easy three days of fishing it somewhere even like that. That's that's wild. And to be able to like if there was an AGM that was going to get three days out of it, it'd be snail's pace at the end of the day. You're saying that the, with the with the uh, lithium. It'll be full noise until it stops, basically, right? Yeah, pr pretty much. Yeah. And if you were to do the same in lead acid, you'd need you'd, you'd need six 12-volt, 100-amp-hour batteries. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that weight, what do they weigh? 30, 35 each. Um, what's that by six? Uh, 70. It's going to be like, close to 200 kilos or something or other. It's like it? having another Volti on the boat, you're saying, basically. Well, absolutely, and it's a pretty muscly guy. I don't know if you've seen him. Uh, no, I haven't, but um, it's where the it's where the weight is that uh, on the boat, which is the thing too. I mean, it's if it's at the front of your boat or in one corner, it's going to make your boat handle dramatically different. So if you can take a big chunk of weight out, I mean, 
Not not meaning you, Volsey, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, your boat can handle better. And uh, look, when we yeah. first started fitting fitting boats out with full lithium, customers would come back to us and say, "Can't believe how this boat handles better. It's faster. It's you know, even when I'm moving it off the trailer and everything." I thought, "Oh, might be just a bit of the imagination." You know, they think they they can feel the difference, but too many people have said it. Um, you know, they'll gain an extra five kilometres an hour out of their boat just by taking the, the lead acid weight out. I can verify that in, in my seafarer. I had um, I had two batteries down the back, uh, they were about 30 kilos each, and um, I just replaced them. One one was um, I didn't really use, so I was really just replaced one. I took the, the redundant one out and put a, uh, I think it was a 13 kilo green marine in, um, so I probably got rid of 60 kilos and replaced with 13. So, you know, I had a big reduction there and I also um, switched the the um, the batteries for electric up the front out as well from lead acid. And they were big ones, 120 amp hours or 110 or something like that. They were 37 20, kilos each. So Oh, yeah, 24-volt systems, so two of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I had 36 and then went to a 24. So I had a big saving. And the boat handled so much better. Um, you know, it was like it was like the you know I'd gone to a bigger pitch propeller, but kept the same motor. Like it, I don't know how to explain. It was it was a lot easier to uh, to steer. It was a lot easier to handle, um, and it was just a better boat to drive. Just a slightly better hole shot too. Um, mm. You know, from t- pulling the weight away from the stern. Um, but yeah, it is it is amazing. It makes that much difference. Um, you know, it's like having one less person on board. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's so many electrical appliances you can um, buy for your boat. You, I mean, when you had one sounder in back in the day, that was okay, and if you had two, you're a bit of a knob. But now you, you know, we keep seeing people with five and seven sounders on. That's a lot of power that you need, you know. Yeah, you just can't do it with lead acid anymore. So <laughs> that is that is a lot of technology. That is a, a crazy amount of technology. That's for sure. But it's um. It's what people need these days, that's for sure. It's it's, uh, co- it's common. Yeah. I mean, some boats have more value of electronics on them than the actual boat itself is valued. So, um, well, I was going to bring up as well. Uh, we we drift off a little, but I just want to bring it back that for the listeners, we're gonna um, we're gonna document somewhat um, how how this goes with the move as far as uh, running thirty six volt fifty amp hour um, battery. Now, you know, people might want to go back and listen a couple of times that didn't quite get it, but you fully explained that uh, already in the show. It makes perfect sense uh, given the properties of the of the lithium um, and um, and the, and the benefits around thirty six volt in regards to current and all that sort of stuff as well. So, it's going to be pretty exciting to see to see how it goes. That's for sure. Yeah, I think you'll be surprised. Actually, um, most certainly most people when they've have a trolling motor and they've changed from lead acid to lithium and well, and Jeff, you probably would have noticed this. You, your trolling motor goes faster, and it and it stays fast for the whole day. So, uh, right, mm. it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've already. I mean, I could. I I wasn't going to add to it because it was um it was long time. But on the same thing, I got a Green Marine, 105 amp hour, 12 volt. That I replaced a 120 AGM mount, and I I don't know what the um I don't know what the 105 is, but uh, as far as weight's concerned, but my boat. It, you know, I can just lean back. It's so small it's, uh, that I can lean back and get another couple of knots out of it. You know, I could be sitting on 30, lean backwards a little bit, and just hang on to the steering wheel and I'll get 32. So to put that, um, to put that 
I, I convincingly got another like like three, probably even four knots top end speed just by replacing the battery. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it's awesome. It really is. It's a uh, yeah. No, it's a it's a huge saving. It's got a, it, the savings got to be there in the fuel, whichever way you look at it. It's um it's pretty good. Mm. Um yeah. We should um we should get into some of these listener questions because we're just we're just hitting on an hour now. I think we've covered a lot, but I think some of them we've already covered. But I want to run through them with you, Steve, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, one of the ones is uh, you know I think we've already covered here as well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out verbatim here. So this is from Jake Lawson. Now I'm gonna just point out to the listeners at home that the that the post was made to to you know DM us. And for those that did well in school and listened and read the whole question, we're going to run through those guys first, the guys that did DM, and then we'll talk about the public comments for the guys who have trouble reading a, a whole post. Um, <laughs> it says, Jake says, hey, lads, uh, lithium question, grounding lithium batteries. Do you have to ground a 36-volt lithium battery that only runs an electric motor? He's got a two-part question, so let's just hang on that bit first. Then. Yeah, so grounding... Uh outside of uh earthing i suppose it's a bit of a wiring question really um you don't need to earth it to your boat or your outboard motor um you simply connect the positive to the positive the positive lead to the positive terminal negative lead to the negative terminal that's all you need to do but you must have a circuit breaker closest to the battery uh so you can isolate it yep second part of what he says is uh if you have an agm as a start then a lithium is a house on separate circuits in, in brackets, the AGM slash motor power, a DC-DC charger, close bracket. Can you run a common ground back to the motor for this? Uh, yes. Yep, okay. Yeah. okay. But, yeah. uh, sure, I probably shouldn't be so definite then, but um, each DC-DC charger is probably different. So, you know, consult the manufacturer's uh, instructions because um, I know, for example, the Red Arc um, DC DC charger. There's a particular way you need to wire that up versus lead, lead acid. So yeah, have okay. a look at your installation manual. So that might be yeah more more of the uh, the charger um, spec than the battery spec for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay. This one's from uh, from Paul Mills from over at the Dutch. He's from New Zealand. Um, I'm not going to do this in a New Zealand accent, Paul. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, he says, can you ask the lithium battery dude if they can be used for cranking, which we've already discussed. Yeah, obviously, we can. Um, so he goes on to say there is some yarn about some regulators on older two-stroke overcharging the LiPo 4. Google has all sorts of opinions, Can you, you, as you could imagine. Can you please ask him to clarify? Okay, two, two things. Uh, there's a lithium deep cycle battery. They don't, that cannot start a motor. Mm -hmm. You need to have a uh, lithium cranking battery, design cranking battery to start a motor. So that's sort of answer number one. Um, the, in, the battery management system will handle over voltage, over current, etc. So, it, and look, it's not unusual for outboard motors to produce more voltage than 12 volts. I've seen some outboard motors, I won't name the brand, but produce up to 16, 17 volts. Wow. Yeah, and uh, you don't know about that because, you know, unless you've got a voltmeter or something in there, you're not going to pick it up. But mm. a, a lithium battery will uh, cut out. It won't allow that to go into it if that's the specification. 
Okay. So if, if you're driving along and it cuts out, it's not actually the battery failing, it's the alternator's probably producing too much voltage than what it should do. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, that, that, um, yeah, I, I could imagine what, he, what he's saying there with like, there's so much misinformation and, and people that are, um, you know, that are, that are experts, armchair experts in regards to lithium batteries at the moment. It's new. People are asking questions. There's always going to be people like, I know what I'm talking about for sure. So you could imagine Google would just be a, you know, a, a fat mess of, of opinions, eh, for sure. Yeah. Look, and, um, luckily, like an outboard uh, manufacturer specification will have in it to start this battery, you need, you know, so much voltage, so much CCA and everything else. If your lithium cranking battery meets that specification, it, it should work. Yep. Uh, the beauty about the BMS or our BMS at least, and a lot of others as well, because they're Bluetooth and you can actually connect to the battery and they also some, some record history, you can actually see what's going on. So um, often if, if someone's, calls us up we the first thing we say is look it gives us a screenshot of your battery and show what's going on now if it's if we can see on a chart that it's registered above 15.6 volt we know they've got some sort of alternate problem or a bad connection problem or something else that they need to to go and investigate so it's really good from that point of view from doing diagnostics yep gotcha mm -hmm. okay hey steve i've got a question here uh from uh des white um uh, given that we need to charge in isolation, should we also be cranking in isolation? <laughs> Steve, I'm sorry, mate. We, we can... Well, you know, it's not a bad question. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I did try to warn you off air that we're clowns, mate, and, um, you know, sometimes we if, charge. If, if, if he is serious... Um, when you're when you're when you're starting an outboard motor, um, it's your battery supplying the power to the motor. Uh, you should isolate when you're charging. So, um, if you were charging your battery and trying to start it at the same time, I'd say yes, isolate your battery. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No great worries. advice for that idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, I, 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 gotta... don't, I don't like that guy. I'm sus of him, eh? That's why. Okay. So this is a, this is a question from Kurt Simpson. Um, question for the battery guest, if it's not too late. So he, this one came in late. Um, um, are they? So there's a couple of questions in here. And I'll just run through them and let you answer them. Some of them already gone through. Some of them a little bit obvious. This one: um, Are they suitable for use with trolling motors? Well, we know, we know that they are. Yes. Um, we'll move past that one. Can just I? Can so, I just, thank you. Sorry, mate. Can I just expand a bit on that? Sure. Um, yep. A, 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 a while back, uh, there was a there was a rumor saying that we won't uh, warranty our, our trolling motor if it's used a lithium battery. Um, that's now been clarified. They will warranty a trolling motor. Now, the only issue that people were having is when they had brushed trolling motors. Um, brushed trolling motors get too hot if they run at high speeds for too long. Now, that can be any battery. That can be a lithium battery or lead-acid battery. The reality is you won't get lead-acid batteries that will run one for very long to get that hot. But the issue is actually the design of the trolling motor. A, a brushed motor gets hot. Um, brushless motors don't get hot. When you put a lithium battery in, because you keep constant voltage, you're actually putting less current in. So 
realistically, a lithium uh, battery provides less heat to a trolling motor than a lead-acid battery. Now, I'm going to just uh, talk a bit more about that in the sense, if you're a guy that's got a trolling motor and you're going through batteries every 12 months, lead-acid batteries, and you've, you know, you bought the cheap ones, that didn't work, you went and bought the expensive ones, that didn't work, the reality is you've probably got a wiring issue <laughs> that's mm -hmm. causing your batteries to um, burn out. Now, things like Anderson plugs, for example, are shocking because they break connection. Um, if you're putting dirty, unclean power into a trolling motor, you're going to damage it. So if you're a person, I shouldn't be saying this because I like to sell lithium batteries, but it's not always the answer to go to lithium to think it's going to solve your problem. If you've still got those wiring problems in place, you're going to have a new set of problems you're going to deal with. Um, mm. But uh, lithium is, in my opinion, it's better for trolling motors because it doesn't get as hot. Is there is there a certain uh, could there be differences in the quality of the power between between batteries? In uh, in regards to brands of batteries, or well, I, I don't want to sound like I'm brand bashing, so I'm not going to mention anything. But I, like we talked, I, I am called it going back to what we spoke about earlier, and you talked about the uh, the anatomy of a of a lithium battery and very varieties of. But let's say. You know, the one the recycled ones from a, from a Chinese bus, for example. You know, um, or uh, or could could the use of the battery being in like in a marine environment for one that's not intended to be produce a poor quality uh, or a dirty sort of power? Perhaps it might be a better way to put it. Yeah. That might, with, if let's say it's got a, a proper waterproof plug, it's got a fifty amp breaker, everything's wired up correctly with the correct gauge wire and all that sort of stuff. Could there be uh, an issue with the construction of a battery that could put out something that could damage an electric motor? Yes. Um, I mean, if you look at a lead-acid battery, when they charged up at 13 volts, when they're almost empty, they're down to 11 or 10 volts. As the voltage goes down, current goes out. So a trolling motor will get various current and voltage uh, from a, a lead-acid battery during the day. Yeah. Um, if you have a bad connection and power cuts in and out, uh, the battery won't switch off, but that dirty power will be transferred to, to your uh, appliance. In a lithium battery, because it stays constant voltage, constant current pretty much, it, it knows what it's going to get. Um, if there is uh, short circuits or bad connections, the lithium battery will actually shut down and stop. So often some people say, oh, I've just put lithium batteries in, it keeps on my trolley motor keeps on cutting out, and the first thing I ask them is, have they got an Anderson plug? And 99% of the time they say yes, and get rid of that and put a proper plug in, and they fix their, all their problems. Mm. So, yeah, dirty power is sometimes uh, more, more of a symptom of bad wiring than it is of a battery. Yeah. However, saying that, you, when we go back to making a battery correctly, if you use prism cells, so when we build a 12-volt, 100-amp-hour battery, we use 100-amp-hour cells, and that cell can discharge at 100 amps. Another way of building batteries, which is a cheaper way, is often they'll get uh, five 20-amp cells together, connect them into series, and then they'll get four groups of those together and, and connect them uh, in parallel to make 12-volt 100. Now, each one of those cells only has a capacity to put out 20 amps, but your expectation when you've got a 12-volt, 100-amp-hour battery, lithium, it puts out 100 amps, and I'll even sometimes, the BMS might even say it happens. Mm. The way of building that battery, your battery management system only manages each cluster of 
uh, four or five cells. It doesn't manage each cell. So within that cluster, same as we we're talking about three 12 volt batteries connected in series, one of those cells can go flat faster than the, the last one. Um, but it's only it's not balancing all of them. It's just balancing that one compared to the next cluster. So mm. it's very hard to find out if that's the design inside your lithium battery. It's you know the only mm, way okay. you can do it is really pull it apart. There's no nothing in the instructions or on the specifications or anything. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame. Oh, well, I guess that might. Well, you, you might not say it, but I will. I guess that becomes evident in the price. Really, I mean, you could you you, you know. The, well, the best the best indicator is the warranty, I think. Okay. Yep. Um, when you see see things that's twelve month warranty, don't bother buying it. It's mm. not going to last. That's why it's got twelve month warranty. Other warranties might say five years warranty, but the only the first twelve month months is full replacement, and the rest is pro rata. That's probably one to steer away from. Also, mm. when you're buying a lithium battery, you know we spoke about it before. You know it's five thousand cycles, five thousand charges and discharges. They should last you at least five years. You should be able to offer a full replacement warranty for at least five years. We we could probably offer one for ten, but uh, at this stage, I don't think anyone would believe us <laughs> that <laughs> someone's going to offer a ten year warranty for anything. But that's the reality of it. So. Yeah, warranty is a good indicator, but dive into the detail of it a bit and uh, just see what, what is covered and what isn't. And okay. often you find in the warranty whether it's waterproof or not. Okay. Um, Kurt, the rest of Kurt's questions, uh, we've kind of answered them, but I'll, I'll run through them and we'll just check to see if we've answered them. Um, so he, so going back, he said that, which we which already mentioned, are they suitable for trolling motors? He goes on to say, if so, uh, does any changes need to be made during installation? Which which you've just mentioned. We're talking about Anderson plugs and breakers and blah blah blah. Yep. Um, hang on a sec. Um, uh, one more. Uh, so yeah, okay. Um, last, well, you've spoken about this as well during during the during the podcast. Lastly, durab durability in a marine environment. How are they constructed to minimise damage from vessel being underway? Is there any more to expand on that? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's that's a good question. Um, like we said earlier, first first step is you've got to make them waterproof. The second thing you need to do is to try to make sure they don't move, because moving components inside of batteries when when wires can come loose. Um, you know, we've got to we don't solder wires onto cells. We nut and bolt wires onto cells so they can't break loose. Mm. It's very difficult to know. If how that is inside the battery uh, when you buy them off a website and everything else, it's um, not many people bolt them together like we do, but we build them for marine applications. So we we build them the more stronger way rather than the fast factory way, I suppose. Well, that that's interesting. If you're listening to this now and you're in the market or soon to be in the market for lithium battery, ask them, ask them how the uh, how the cells are uh, um, up, um, internally in series. That's that's a fair enough question, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ask the, yep. what shape cells they are, what size cells they are, yep. how they're put together. I'd be surprised yeah. if many people know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, again, like it, that's that's we say on the show in regards to because we're a fishing podcast. The observant angler is the successful angler, and if you you know if you if you if you've got a uh, a guy that doesn't know his game, well, you know that's um, that should be a big red flag right there. I mean, yeah. 
What what are the other tricks that that sort of creeping into the market now as people are uh, sort of over uh, valuing the capacity of their battery? Um, You can find that out in the detail. Um, Often people, and there's no standard around this, this is why people can do it. Um, They might say this is a 100 amp hour battery, but they've calculated it's 100 amp hours based on 10 volt, not 12 volt. When you actually calculate that back into 12 volt, it's an 80 amp hour battery. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, dive into dive into the detail. But we, you know, we're always happy to help help anyone if they want to send us a message or call us up and say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And we'll we'll give them the facts. All right, all right. Let's get on to some of the. Uh, we've got a couple more questions, and some of them are pretty good. Um, this one's from the Beal, um, and he says, "How how does a hundred amp hour lithium setup compare to a hundred amp hour AGM old school deep cycle?" Can you run less amp hour lithium and get the same runtime? We've sort of talked about that too, but just yeah. to reiterate on that one. Yeah, well, basically, um, day one when your lead acid battery is new, you'll probably be able to uh, empty 60% out of it. Um, the next time you charge it up, it might be 59%. Um, so every single time you use it, it's going to get less and less capacity. You can guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Um, but 100 amp hour lead acid is not equal to 100 amp hour lithium. Okay, there, there, there you go. It's, wow. You yeah. kind of it's 50 it's 50 percent basically. So 100 mm-hmm. amp hour lead acid is equal to a 50 amp hour lithium because you can use it all. That, that's um that's incredible. How how heavy is a 50 amp hour 12 volt battery? Oh, do you know off the top of your head? Or do you uh, have them? Yeah, about six kilos. <laughs> versus versus 30. Yeah, yeah that's wild. Um. We're okay. This one is one we've sort of covered a bit as well. We'll just see if there's anything more to add to this. Um, Jake Cooper has asked for um, uh, how does the BMS actually work? What the, the what the battery management? It's got a few jobs. Um, one, when you connect cells in into series, just like you would batteries into series, current flows through all of them to charge it up. It doesn't flow equally because it starts at one end and finishes at the other. Mm. A battery management system, and there's two different types, you can get aggressive or, or passive, um, they will top up different cells. So they'll detect when a, a cell has needs to put a bit more power, a uh, bit more charge into it, and it'll direct a bit more charge into it through a separate lead. Yeah. And, and, and its ultimate aim is to keep every cell balanced and equal. So that way you can fill the battery right up, and even when it's being discharged, it'll balance the cell so you can empty it right, right the way down. Okay. The other thing a BMS does, it's it's like an inbuilt circuit breaker. It it um, detects if it detects a bad connection, it goes in protect mode. If it detects uh, too high temperature, I mean you can use it from minus ten to plus sixty five. But if it detects the internal temperatures over sixty, it might shut down until it was cool. Um, if it detects too much voltage or current inside the specifications, it will shut down and protect itself. So when you have a electrical system like a boat that's got no circuit breakers or fuses as part of it and you plonk a lithium battery and all of a sudden you put some protection in it, but what ends up happening is you um, it goes to the next weakest link, which is wiring connection. I think in a lead-acid battery setup, the weakest link is probably the lead-acid battery because it'll absorb dirty power, bad connections, anything you throw at it, basically. Mm, mm. You know, it doesn't turn off when it gets too hot or all those sort of things. So, Yeah, okay. Yep, okay. Um, and does that does, does the BMS run on like a, a thermistor-type 
setup, does it? Is that how it detects the heat? Uh, this, this, the, no, there's a proper two uh, temperature um, sensors inside the battery. Okay. One's close close to the the BMS, the other one's closest to the warm part of the cell and just detects uh, the temperature. So if you look at our battery, for example, it's got T1 and T2. Two will have two different temperatures. It's just two different locations inside the battery. It's registering them. Okay, no worries. Um, okay, we've got one here from, uh, from John Morris. Um, he's from the States. Uh, he's got a good podcast himself. Um, um, God, I've drawn a blank on it. I was actually on it. I, a working class podcast. That's what it, that's what it's called. Working class fishing. If you're listening, folks, um, go check it out. Anyway, John asks, um, I'm going to read this out verbatim. Okay, do lithium batteries require deep cycles? That's his first question. I don't understand that one completely. Do Do you guys want to have a crack at interpreting that one? Yeah, I think what he's saying there is. Um... When you you can a letter oh, has... sorry, I figured out what he's talking about. Do they do they need to be char fully discharged? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Do they need to be deep cycled? I guess he's what he's saying. A lithium battery, you can put the charger on for ten minutes, you can leave the charger on for six months. It won't make any difference to it, it won't damage it or anything, because the battery management system manages all the charge. Yeah. With a lead acid battery, you have to trickle charge it. If you overheat a lead acid battery, you'll absolutely damage it, shorten its life. Um, they prefer very low amount of current flowing in and topping up slowly. Okay. Yeah. Well, his next part of his question is, if so, how can we accurately deep cycle a battery, which is n not applicable now, as we've just learned? Um, uh, is there an apparatus that will discharge and charge the battery to maintain a strong overall life cycle for the battery and investment? So I guess that's based on the first question as well, which you, you've also answered, right? Do you feel yeah. that? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think all these questions are alluding to that when you've got a lead-acid battery, you kind of got to manage its charging and its state yep. of charge. Lithium batteries, you don't have to do any of that. You okay. just... Keep a charge, charge it for two seconds, charge it for two hours, it won't make any difference. Okay. Now, just because I promised people that we'd read out their questions, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in front of this one and, and let you know that this guy's an idiot and we've had him on the podcast before. And please don't feel compelled to answer. Ask him what what's the hardest he's hit, ever hit something with his boat. Next. Thanks, Fish Front. Appreciate I've hit, it. I've hit a few sandbags, I have to admit. <laughs> We're only human, mate. So, yeah. um, okay, so uh, Ian has uh, jumped on a, a joke that we've already consumed to the podcast. He says, uh, "Maybe the maybe the maybe one where we're all too scared to ask is when do we see LifePo five? Seeing LifePo four has been around for a while." <laughs> okay, so yeah, we've we've done that joke. Um, that's cool. It's a, it's a we 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 love the listeners. It's great. Um, now, um, <laughs> uh, one of the this see this is the, uh, this one here is actually um, a question that I was expecting to hear more of, and we've already talked about this one as well. But boys, can you please ask how long until the bow of my boat bursts into flames? Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, you can, they're mucking around, but I mean, like, there's genuine concerns for for the fires, which we've we've gone through in detail, and I think it'd be 
you'd be really missing the the what, what we've been talking about to still think that um, lithium batteries are a fire risk. That's for sure. Um, Look, if, if, if there's a couple of tips I could give, um, one I think I said before, always isolate when you're charging, uh, and and it's it's actually a good thing to do as well. You might not know this, but um, trolling motors and sounders, even though you've turned them off, still use power. They're transmitting GPS and your location and standby things and all sorts of stuff. If you isolate your battery, you completely turn it turn it off. It's not consuming any power. The second thing, so it, every battery should have an isolator close to its to the battery. Every appliance should have the right size fuse. If you're blowing fuses in your uh, boat, don't fix it by putting a bigger fuse in. You've just transferred the problem somebody somewhere else. It's blowing because there's an electrical issue somewhere in your boat. Mm, mm. Always use tinned copper cable. Don't yep. use house cable. It, it, there's, there's a whole heap of difference in cable, and house cable is shocking because it doesn't flex. It's not covered in tin plates, so it corrodes very easy and breaks and everything else. Mm. So fuses, isolate, use the correct cable, make sure all your connections are insulated and covered, and you shouldn't have any problems, and don't use an Anderson plug. Mm. Okay. Well, there's, there's one more comment, the last one, um, and this one's from the US as well. Um, uh, this is from C Captain Bob LeMay. Now, it's more, it, it's probably not really a question, it's more of a statement, but again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out because I just want to reiterate that, uh, you know, that the, that the, the, that these fears are really, um, you know, on people's minds. Uh, he wrote about those fears. Everyone considering lithiums in brackets, and I will probably go to them next for my next trolling motor batteries to change out. Close brackets. Should pay close attention to the terrible vehicle fires fires that occurred in Fort Myers area after the most recent hurricane. Be very careful to only use top quality batteries and consider the possible drawbacks. That's my best advice. By the way, those fires were. Electric vehicles parked in garages that flooded. Yeah, well, uh, interestingly, electric vehicles don't don't have live PO four batteries in them. They'll have um, uh, more more like a lithium ion battery because they can get more more denser power storage in a smaller smaller uh, space. Okay. But they control all the wiring, all the charging in the system. You know, you're not wiring your own battery into your Tesla. It's already been put in there wired correctly, so they they feel feel comfortable with 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 it working. But it could still be an unstable or a less stable lithium product in your electric car. But yeah, in a boat, live PO four can't go wrong. Well, there's another thing in that in what he says there as well, and about the vehicles being uh parked in garages that flooded so i wouldn't imagine that um that old um elon is making ip67 um cars right he bloody should <laughs> <laughs> for the price but, but, but honestly i mean if a, we can we could get our battery <clears throat> totally submerged underwater i don't know five ten minutes pick it up as soon as that connection between the water connection between the positive and the negative is broken and it's not shorting out, that battery will work if it's waterproof. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be the uh, probably the battery that caught on fire. I would say there was live power going to some electrical appliances that shorted out and it just kept on pumping power into it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's for sure. Well, Steve, um, I think we're going to uh, put a ribbon on this and wrap it up. Um, oh, nice. Right. 
really can't thank you enough for the time you put in and the comprehensive answers. You've really gone above and beyond to answer um, our simple-minded questions, mate. Look, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of difference still out there. It's 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 a new technology, but um, you know, if if the one takeaway I would like everyone to get is that how important it is to have good wiring. And uh, if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it yourself. Take it to a proper person and um, but have some knowledge about it so you know you've done done a good job. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and and you'll find that good quality uh, installers and uh, you know, or, or marine electricians like 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 um. Like Des from um, uh, Min Repairs. Jeez, sorry, I'm sorry, Troy. 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 Yeah, yeah. We call well, we call him Des because he's Des Destroy. But, um, yeah. I don't know if you know about this, Steve, but um, have you ever seen uh, Troy in front of a mirror? Like he's he's got this this habit of standing there and popping his uh, biceps, and he's got names for them, each one, and one's Des and one's Troy. Destroy. Oh no, no. Luckily, luckily he, has, he hasn't whipped them out when I've been there. So that's a surprise, mate. It won't be long. Yeah. Well, yeah. now I've got the heads up. I'll be able to uh, handle it, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I, say, I would be able to handle it if he did that. Yeah. Oh, mate, he's hard to handle. That's for sure. He's a, it, yeah. There's, there's a lot of heat, mate. You don't want to get between him and the mirror, hey? Like he, <laughs> that's right. He goes off hotter than a Samsung battery. You know. <laughs> Any reflection, mind, mind you. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right, Steve. Well, let's uh, let's let's send you on your merry way, mate. And thanks um, for having me. Yeah, and thanks again, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to hearing how many hours you get out of that thirty-six fifty. Well, what we'll do is we'll um, I'll give I'll give reports, and mate, if you've got the time, uh, we might come on to give a final conclusion. You know, not not as long. Maybe get you on if you got 10, 20 minutes or something to talk about it. Yeah, I reckon that'd be good. I mean, hopefully we sort of might flush out a few more questions for people too, so it might be a sort of part two to answer any others. I yeah. guarantee you we're going to get people that are going to go, no, nah, that's all, that's all, no, not all of it, but like about the fire thing, you know. My mates felt caught on fire and, you know, anyway, so I guarantee. So that'll be good, mate, for sure. I might I might uh, throw a, a lithium a live PO cell into a fire and uh, film it and lob it Oh, up. there you go, yeah. yeah. They probably still won't believe me, but <laughs> <laughs> fake news. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, Steve. No worries, guys. Thanks very much. No See you, mate. podcast and he was a very knowledgeable uh guest steve it was good yeah mate illuminating eh yeah illuminating i was looking for an electrical reference there but that's all i could come up with <laughs> yeah well i could tell you i was i was going to say that during that show the atmosphere was electric <laughs> <laughs> i got a real positive feeling about that you know <laughs> Yeah, mate. There's, um, there's no negativity at all. 
No, no. That was the one that was staring us in the face, Vols. I'm glad you collected that one up, mate. Good one. I know. I know. It was so good to have, like, an expert in an area on there. It was, you know, it was a real circuit breaker for all the, you know, um, uh, misinformation that's out there. I, I want to say at this point, good one, Millsy. Good one, mate. Representing all the listeners, you and Fisher Crunt, you let the team down with your dumb questions. <laughs> yeah, the world's watching. And here you are with these stupid questions you made us read out. Yeah, thanks, guys. You should guys. be ashamed. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Mm. Um, we call that real Belangolo humour. Um, all right, now it's um, it's a it's a it's an interesting thing to hear, you know. Like this, like we said in the podcast, it's the sort of thing that you hear everyone down the pub talking about lithium. Yeah, well, it's good if you want to set your boat on fire. It's the first thing everyone jumps to, you know. Um, when I was talking to Steve before the show a couple of days earlier, he was talking about... I hope he doesn't mind me bringing this up. I won't give any names out. He didn't even give me names. I don't even know who it is. But he was talking about um, uh, there was an event somewhere where someone's boat caught on fire. And uh, and that, and everyone was like, you got lithium batteries in there? Everyone at the event, like a fishing comp. Yeah, I have. I just installed them yesterday or something like that. And they're like, oh, it's a lithium battery. Lithium battery. As it turns out, the dude wired a new isolating plug onto a carbon fiber panel, of which carbon fiber is highly conductive, right? So again, like as he was alluding to through the, through the show, wiring contributes to more of the, um, of the factors than anything else. Um, so... And that's when I learned when during that conversation that the chemistry of a of a lithium uh, a lithium iron phosphate battery is that it will never catch on fire. And I wonder if people caught that right at the end there, where he said that he'll get a cell, chuck it in the fire, and film it. Yep. I don't know what that anyone who could listen to that podcast could not could still turn around and go, they're a fire risk. Yeah. They're only a fire risk because of the power that they put out with shit wiring. Yep. Yeah, it's not you the battery's fault, man. Yeah. No, no, not the battery's fault. It's just it's too good for the for um, you know, for for bloody um, Keith from Caboolture here's wiring, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does your brother like... Kenny wire boats, Keith? <laughs> really? Interesting. <laughs> Hope you guys are using tinned wire, you freaks. Um. <laughs> You know, I was out in the waters today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, uh, I had a bit of an event. So my, I, I haven't been out in the water for a while, which we spoke about on the podcast. And and, I, yeah. and the, the weather looked good today. I, I just um, went out and launched the boat about, I don't know, 10 a.m. or something like that. The wind dropped out. Was there and many I just wanted... Around? Sorry? Sorry to interrupt. Was there many fish around? I didn't even... I didn't even... I took rods out. I didn't even rig them up. I just... I wanted to burn fuel. I was either going to have to... I, I learnt recently, I thought fuel lasts a lot longer than it does, but modern fuel in a fuel tank apparently is, you know, you got to use it in six weeks, you know, two months max. And I was sort of sitting around two months. Arguably, some websites talk about non-ethanol fuel lasting four weeks, you know. Um, so I wanted to use some fuel up because I didn't want to siphon it. And I thought, what a great opportunity just to look around, you know, find a new flat or a channel and sound out something or whatever, you know. It's Were not the mullet sort of... running? No, the, no, there was no. Well, well, one mullet was running, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you know about that, but I won't bring that up on the show. And um, right, yeah, uh, quite the snun mullet. Anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, I went out, I did a run, drove past a mate, said good day, uh, did a run back, yeah, had a look at some new spots, and as I was just sort of just had the hammer down, just just you know trying to trying to chuck some fuel and stuff, real greeny. Um, these dudes waved me down, uh, two dudes in a boat, and they'd broken down. So um, I, I, kind of, I could have easily missed them, you know. I could have easily just been head down, just, just banging with the wind in my hair and then um, and easily missed them. But just out of the corner, I saw this dude waving. And like we said today, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is law, right? Like you can't leave a boat, legally leave a boat in distress. Is that? Do you think that's real? I should know, but I don't. But it's, if I think it's what do they say, the law of the sea or some sort of maritime the law, law of the sea. The law Mar- of the sea. I think but that's how you say it, Volts. I, I just think there's a moral obligation to help. Oh, absolutely, you. absolutely. Yeah. I I would like to think that if I was in that scenario, that someone would stop for me. So, yeah, there. Although it was disappointing to not be, you know, like a free bird, um, I I did turn around and uh, gave those dudes a toe. Um, I'm like, I'll just tell you into the, into, into land then, hey? And they got, well, car's over there. I'm like, oh, you that better in there? No, the next one, the next one. It's just a speck of a couple of K doing like, you know, six knots. It was, um, yeah. it was not fun. Um, the poor dudes, I don't know what's going on with it. It's probably ironically because of the show, it was probably a battery issue. And, um, <laughs> I, 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 I just thought they were tracking straight behind me. After after you know maybe a kilometre, I just stopped looking at them. You know, like everything's sweet, we're sweet as, and and then I'm coming up coming up close to where the boat room is. And I'm starting to turn in because I try to stay out of the normal channel. And as I turned, um, as I turned in, I took a little bit of a corner to avoid a channel marker. I hear, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, I'm like, oh no, there's no hitting the brakes or an anchor. Particularly a dude on the rope, and he's got no way of stopping. And he didn't have the motor down because of his battery. He couldn't trim his motor. So he got his motor up and he was worried that because it towing the car, towing the thing back home on a car, they didn't want to put it back down. So I didn't realize he didn't have any keel, right? So um, so the boat was waving from left to right as I'm towing it. And as I took the corner, it didn't it didn't turn with my boat and just went straight into like a, a channel, like, a, like a, a post that's in the ground marker, you know, with a sign on it. Fuck, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Those oh, dudes were having a bad day, and um, anyway, they we I pull them in. They're going, mate, we have got some coin in the car. We'll give you some coin. We're going, oh, don't worry about it, man. It's all good. It's uh, serious, and I'm like, they'll, we got, they're going, we'll recognise your boat. We'll come out. We'll bring you some beers next time we see you out there. I'm thinking to myself, this place is like a fucking ant farm. I don't think I'm going to come back out here anyway. But, um, <laughs> it's ridiculous, mate. Midweek on the Sunshine Coast. I just I just took a took a moment to look around today and gone. This is no different to the Gold Coast now. The amount of people that are on the water here, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Boat around school, yeah. there was like one car park left there at 10 a.m. this morning on a Friday. Redonk. It's not cool, man. It's, it's not, not cool, cool, man. The place has changed. The place has changed. Anyway, so that was uh, my good Samaritan. I'm I guess I'm owed fish, you know, karma wise, right? Hopefully. Yeah, you know, I would say With that deserve, brim. Yeah, yeah, a forty centimeter brim on fly would just about be suitable payment for that. <laughs> it seems to be some air of contempt in your voice. It's weird. It's probably probably making it up, but. <laughs> 
So with the uh, with the electrical stuff, folks, can't emphasise enough how the reason we got onto Steve is through Des Troy, right? Um, Des sells the Green Marine batteries. You know, um, Des Troy, I should really call him, is not a sponsor of the show. He's just someone that we both use, and he's a one-man operation, and he's awesome. And he never asks us to plug him or anything like that. We just we just like to do it. Yep. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's doing good things. Yep. Sometimes, if you rock up there with a with a with an Anderson plug, you know you might you might cop an earful. But just listen to the dude. Yeah. Don't use an Anderson plug. <laughs> Time to put your big boy pants on. If you especially if you're going to get lithium, it's it's worth it's worth just upgrading the plugs. And if you don't have a breaker in, man, that's that's psycho. That is really that is really crazy. That's the, they're the type of people that blame lithium batteries for catching on fire. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Those people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Captain Energy, have you got anything else to say? <laughs> no, no, I've got, an energy, I've got one of those circuit breakers installed by Troy. And have it's, you? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I've got – you had me reflecting about getting, getting rid of the Anderson plug in my – Oh, you've got an Anderson plug, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You goose. Yeah. Why is that, yeah. mate? I've got one of the big ones, mate, you know? What, Not the... what like a 70, 75 amp one or something? No, no, the bigger one. 100 amp hour. 100, 100 amp, 100, 100 amp hour. You I what you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 100 amp hour cranker, huh? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's like a, you know, like, the regular one looks like Lego. This one looks like Duplo. It's big, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well that that's cool man and uh yeah. wh- have you got it in a place where your fly line can catch on it no nah, it's in a um it's in a dry spot between the um between uh, two wet spots <laughs> it's very hard to get at and that's the main reason i haven't replaced it <laughs> yeah right okay yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i've got the uh i've mentioned on the show before i've got the min- the waterproof mincota plug it's a little bit exy but man it's so good I used to have an innocent plug as well, but it just starts rusting. You know that the. I mean, you can change the terminals out, but it just involves more soldering again and shortening wires and stuff. But um, yeah, no, I'm very happy with the Minkota plug. It's awesome. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'll be next on the list of things for me. I don't think you need the Minkota brand for plugs and concern. Like Troy probably won't like me hearing me say that, but um, but they're not the only ones that make like you know voltage rated plugs if you know what i'm saying it's um i i think the 12 i i oh god i'm just realizing now oh, i i'm pretty sure that my that minkota plug is rated well beyond 12 volt because i'm about to go to 36 volt uh i hope so but otherwise i'll have to just um do it again but i don't think i'll go back to an anderson plug as convenient as it was i've run them for years as well but they just always just crap out you know eventually something goes wrong with them yeah the um I think from memory, the Minkota plug's rated up to 60 amps and 48 volts. Is it? Yeah. Yep. Sounds like you might be reading it from a website. No, no. No, I just know specs. I'm good at that stuff. <laughs> You're a spec man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, mate. 48 yeah. volts. Sounds like a uh, family picnic. Uh, uh, what's that, Keith? <laughs> Keith? Keith said, yeah, he's right. You're right, mate. Yeah, he backed you up there. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I wouldn't laugh at him, dude. 
You can see the strength on this dude, mate. <laughs> when anyone, whenever, whenever anyone's got a uh, a hairline that's a, a 10 centimetres from their one eyebrow, um, <laughs> you, need, you need to be wary of that sort of strength, mate. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Keepy. Um, no. All right, mate. Well, look, uh, what do you say we get out of here? We have got a ripper guest next for the next show. Yeah, that's the one everyone's been asking for. Have they? Well, some people have, yeah. Well, I know I've been super keen for it too. God, we're, we're really starting to tick off some um, some guests that there's no reason why we shouldn't have jumped on right from the beginning. You know, like I've always sort of thought of the the guests as in like, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll let's, let's not, let's not crowd all the really, really good guests. I mean, they're all good guests, but I mean, let's not really crowd the, the big names in fly fishing all at once, you know, I guess you could say. So it's um it's good to be getting through um, some of these names that we've been intending to for ages, and it, it makes me sound like I'm I'm talking about people that we haven't been interested in talking to, I suppose. But it's it's definitely not the case. When you do a podcast for free, you may as well bloody enjoy it. And the in control of enjoying it is um, when you're in control of who you got coming on. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's that. I just like you said, it's free. It's done in our spare time. Um, don't get a lot out of it and mm. it's just uh, you know uh, to be honest with our you know how busy I get I know how busy you get it's just what do we got next week fuck you got any ideas yeah yeah, yeah let's bring this guy or something you know like this. it's not a lot of thought you know that goes into it or you and I uh, are talking about something saying you know there's someone on going that's not fair I mean I mean, I, mean I, I know you're not trying to be unfair but I mean we do put a lot of thought into it but the execution isn't as serious <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we do. Yeah. We think we think carefully who who we're going to have on and 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 how we're going to do it and stuff. But sometimes we might get a little bit lazy in the execution by actually, for example, the next guest is probably eight months in us talking about it, two weeks in him knowing about it. <laughs> <laughs> as an example, right? It, uh, and there's other other people like that as well. Uh, I'm not going to bring up any names, am I? You know, oh, no, man. There's one one guest that we've been talking about since the beginning. I'll get him on. I'll get him on. It's become a running joke now, but uh, we'll eventually get that dude on. Now would be a good time, mate, after his recent comp results, actually. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. No point in bringing it up in case it takes another 12 months, right? I think I got a message from him here, actually. He's keen. Okay, yeah. cool. Sure, mate. Sure. Um, all right, what do you say? Unless there's some riveting information you want to bring up, Volts, that's going to change the course of time, I really think that we should get out of here. I agree. Let's go. All right, Marty. Have a good evening. <laughs> <laughs> right, you are.